or at sacredheartradio.com. Monday, the 20th of November. Let's begin together in prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, the faithful departed were baptized into an eternal inheritance. Speed their entrance into everlasting communion with you. Have pity on those souls who have no one to pray for them. Draw them ever closer to your divine presence. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and may perpetual light shine upon them. Father of all who are perfectly just, and perfectly merciful. Remember your covenant with your children, that those souls who linger in purgatory for their purification may be swiftly drawn to perfect happiness with the saints in heaven. Pardon me. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. We continue through the month of the Holy Souls, where the church reminds us to, in a special way, do what many of us do year-round, but to have a special focus on praying for our faithful departed. I'm Matt Swain. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. Travis has a video feed up and running at sunrisemorningshow.com. It's right there in the show notes if you want to check it out. Kevin Schmeising will take a look at This Week in Catholic History. Dr. Christopher Jacoby is joining us from Catholic University of America with more research and uh, survey statistic on the uh, latest round of priests to be ordained, at least the round over the past few years. Uh, We'll talk about confession in the catechism and what the church fathers have to say about it with Father John Gavin and then Father Patrick Briscoe uh, from Our Sunday Visitor. We got a we got a Jesuit on. We got to give the Dominicans equal time. And uh, Father Patrick will be on to talk about uh, how Catholics can respond to growing anti-Semitism. Seems to be popping up all over the place these days. And uh, yeah, that's not uh, that's not that's not how we do around here. Two minutes past the hour. Here's Anna Mitchell with news. Good morning, former First Lady Rosalind Carter, the wife of the nation's 39th president, has died. The Carter Center announced she passed away yesterday afternoon at the age of 96 at her home in Plains, Georgia. She married Jimmy Carter in 1946. They were married for 77 years. As First Lady, she was an active part of the administration, serving as the president's personal emissary to Latin American countries and even sitting in on cabinet meetings. She focused her advocacy on performing arts and improving mental health programs. The U.S. is brokering a deal with Israel and Hamas to pause the war in Gaza and allow some hostages to be freed. People familiar with the negotiations tell the Washington Post that Israel and Hamas are close to an agreement and that dozens of women and children currently held in Gaza could start being released within the next several days. The report says the six-page deal would require Israel and Hamas to freeze combat operations for at least five days, while up to 50 hostages are released in small groups every 24 hours. The pause would also allow for humanitarian aid to enter Gaza. Meanwhile, Pope Francis plans to meet with families of Israelis being held hostage, as well as with family members of Palestinians who are in Gaza. 
Mark Mayfield reports. The Vatican announced the meetings will be held separately and both will take place this Wednesday after a general audience with the Pope. A Holy See spokesperson said the meetings are of an exclusively humanitarian nature. The spokesperson added that the Pope's objective is to express his spiritual closeness to the suffering of each individual. I'm Mark Mayfield. Pope Francis celebrated Mass yesterday for the World Day of the Poor. From Vatican Radio, Thaddeus Jones reports. In his homily during the Mass for the World Day of the Poor, Pope Francis reflected on two aspects of the Sunday Gospel reading recounting the parable of the talents the journey of Jesus, and the journey of our own lives. Describing the journey of Jesus in his incarnation, resurrection, and ascension to heaven, Pope Francis said Jesus has left us his wealth, recalling the Eucharist, his words of life, his holy mother to be our mother, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He explained how all these gifts or talents are freely offered so that we can continue his work on earth in our own personal mission that the Lord entrusts to us in our daily lives, in society and in the church. The journey of Jesus will continue at the end of time when he returns in glory, the Pope recalled, in order to settle the accounts of history and bring us into the joy of eternal life. And it's therefore important that we ask ourselves, in what state will the Lord find us when he returns? Pope said we've received from the Lord the gift of his love and we're called to become a gift for others. The love with which Jesus cared for us, the balm of his mercy, the compassion with which he tended our wounds, the flame of the Spirit by which he filled our hearts with joy and hope. The Pope said all these are treasures that we cannot simply keep to ourselves. Recalling the great suffering in our world and the scandal of widespread poverty, the Pope explained how today's gospel speaks loudly and clearly that we must spread the wealth of charity. The Pope said when we think of the immense numbers of the poor in our midst, the message of today's gospel is clear. Let us not bury the wealth of the Lord. Let us spread the wealth of charity, share our bread, and multiply love. I'm Thaddeus Jones. Iceland is bracing for a major volcanic eruption. All 3,800 residents from a town have been forced to evacuate. This is the small town of Grindavik after a huge crack in the earth began to spread last week. The seismic activity triggered hundreds of earthquakes and tremors in the region. And from jiggly jello molds to green bean casseroles, the TSA is letting you know which Thanksgiving foods can fly with you this holiday. While most foods can be carried through airport checkpoints, some need to be checked into baggage. TSA officials say if it's solid, like baked goods, meats, stuffing, or casseroles, it can go through a checkpoint. If you can spill it, spread it, spray it, pump it, or pour it, and it's larger than 3.4 ounces, then it needs to go in a checked bag, Matt. So practically speaking, I can only see the need for this in some very rare cases. So for instance... You're getting on a flight and going straight to dinner. Well, if you're getting on a flight at all, I can only see it necessary in certain cases. So for instance... It would not make sense for me to try and bring crab dip on an airplane from Maryland to uh, a family gathering in Tennessee. However, it would make sense to bring some Old Bay, right? Not that they can't get it in the grocery store there, but like some kind – there would be things that you could bring Why that would wouldn't... be like a regional – I packed Skyline Chili in the bag when I went to go see Adam Wright. Right. When yeah. I lost the bet over the St. Louis Cardinals yeah. and Covenant Network won chili out me. Yeah. 
I checked it. Sure. There was no need for me to carry on a can of Skyline. I know, but why wouldn't you take cans of Skyline? crab dip to and some oyster Tennessee? Crackers. Well, I might because I'm driving this year. Oh, but why wouldn't you fly it? I mean, you have to cold pack it, like. Well. I mean, I guess if you, you really could. like. You know, if you're if you have the famous Jello mold in the family, like, are you gonna give that well, up but to yeah, you someone can bring else? The Jello mold and then make the Jello on. Site. Yeah, but what if you're getting off the plane and going straight to dinner? You don't have time for that Jello to set. Uh, I feel like the Jello would unset on the plane. You got a cold packet. There are these are important matters, Matt. You have I the famous so. Jello mold in the family, or. Actually, no. why am I taking advice from Your you? You've never left pie? Cincinnati for Thanksgiving ever, it's, to my knowledge. That's true. I never have. <laughs> like, literally everybody you're related to lives I'm in the same town. I'm just spitballing here, Matt. Come on. I'm just... I'm Don't just try trying to, to... I'm trying to Don't channel... Don't try to understand my dilemmas here. I'm trying to channel the, the Thanksgiving traveler. See, this is why it's nice to have... I mean, I have family out of town. I've got two siblings in New York City and another one. Yeah, but they're coming back to Cincinnati. In Columbus, Ohio. Probably. Well, not for Thanksgiving, sadly. Oh, no. But Aww. they'll be here for Christmas. They got a big parade. They got to look out their they'll window and see. They'll be home for Christmas. Indeed. It's so exciting that we're looking ahead to that time. Not because it, you know. Well, there are a lot of things to look forward to. There are a lot of things to look forward to. Hey, I threw a... Uh, Threw a little question out of the YouTube chat. Me, I'll throw it on Facebook, Facebook too. Uh, with just a couple days on the air live this week, I want to know who, which Sunrise Morning Show regular guests people are especially thankful for Ooh. this year. I'll share mine. You be thinking of yours. Okay, I'll in a think minute. about it. Sounds good. It's nine minutes past the hour. Let's take a look at this week in Catholic history with Kevin Schmeising, who is the author of A Catholic Pilgrimage Through American History. Kevin, good morning. Good morning, Matt. There is a lot of Louisiana Catholic history to discuss. Which piece are we discussing today? There sure is. Today we're looking at the founding of the Sisters of the Holy Family in 1842. And the story of the Sisters is in large part the story of one of our Americans on the path to sainthood, Venerable Henriette de Lille. Henriette was born in 1812 as a free black in New Orleans. She and her friends, Juliette Gaudin, Josephine Charles, and Suzanne Navarre, devoted themselves to teaching slave children. They enjoyed the support of a white French woman, Marie-Jean Alacot, as well as a priest, Father Etienne Roussillon, who was the founding pastor of New Orleans' well-known African-American parish, St. Augustine. On November 21st, this week in 1842, Henriette and her collaborators formed the Sisters of the Holy Family. This was the second American religious order open to women of African descent. The first one was Baltimore's Oblates of Providence. We've covered them in the past. The Sisters of the Holy Family had to deal with particular challenges in the racially charged atmosphere of that time and place. Their instruction of slave children was illegal, and for the first few years, the bishop wouldn't permit them to take public vows or wear habits in public. One of the congregation's first projects was the Hospice of the Holy Family, where they cared for the impoverished, sick, and elderly. It still exists today under a different name. Henriette de Lille died in 1862. She was declared venerable in 2010. Eventually, the Sisters of the Holy Family spread around the U.S. and abroad with missions in Belize and Nigeria. Though in recent years they've suffered from declining numbers, as so many religious orders have, they've continued to be dedicated to their founding purposes of education and care for the sick and dying. The Sisters of the Holy Family founded in New Orleans this week in 1842. 
Well, let's move halfway across the world. I know a lot of people are familiar with the Rock of Gibraltar, may not be familiar with the idea that there is a diocese of Gibraltar. There is. It's one of the world's smaller dioceses and one of the world's more unusual geographic locations. The Diocese of Gibraltar, founded this week in 1910, that seems late for a European diocese, and there are historical reasons for that. Gibraltar is a peninsula off the southern coast of Spain. It juts into the Mediterranean Sea, and much of it is made up of a mountain, as you indicated, the famous Rock of Gibraltar. This area was Muslim for much of the Middle Ages. The word Gibraltar, in fact, is derived from an Arabic name. Then it was part of Spain, and so the sparsely populated peninsula belonged to the Diocese of Cadiz. In the early 1700s, however, as a result of the continuing wars among the various European powers, Gibraltar became a possession of the British Empire. And despite squabbling over its status between Spain and England during the 20th century, it remains part of Britain to this day. Normally, diocesan boundaries do not cross national boundaries, so eventually in 1816 it became its own vicariate apostolic. I came across an interesting episode, Matt, that took place during this vicariate period. In the 1870s, the vicar apostolic got involved in a contentious debate over British tobacco policy in Gibraltar. This antagonized a wealthy and influential group of Catholics. And so when that bishop died, his loyal assistant was appointed as his successor, and this disaffected group objected to the point of occupying the cathedral and refusing admittance to the new bishop. The police had to be called, and they ended up arresting about 50 people. Things had settled down by 1910, when this week, November 19th, the vicariate was raised to the rank of a diocese, and a British Benedictine, Henry Thompson, became its first diocesan bishop. The total population of Gibraltar today is about 35,000, of whom 25,000 are Catholic. The diocese encompasses five parishes, including the Shrine of Our Lady of Europe, the patroness of Gibraltar, and the Cathedral of Mary Crown, a church that dates back to the Spanish period in the 16th century. The Diocese of Gibraltar, this week, 1910. Well, Kevin, when you said you were going to talk about the establishment of a 20th century diocese, I thought you were just going to talk about paperwork. That is significantly more dramatic than that. (laughs) Wow, what a story. Uh, And what a cool kind of insight into a very, very small but focused diocese with a very quirky history uh we've got (laughs) you linked at sunrisemorningshow.com and encourage people to go check out your book a catholic pilgrimage through american history as well as the catholic history trek podcast kevin thank you as always have a great day thanks matt you too all right let's check on weather as many of you are planning to travel to various places this week looks like an area of low pressure starts off the week making its way into the plains and central rockies could bring some rough weather to both regions. On the colder side of that storm, moderate to heavy snow will be in the peaks of Colorado with several inches of accumulation reaching the I-25 quarter by the afternoon. So please do be careful if that is your path. Meanwhile, it's going to be a lot less wintry across the plains and Mississippi Valley, which is good because it's still fall. Rain and thunderstorms will spread from Kansas to Illinois with a few severe thunderstorms likely in the lower Mississippi Valley. Heavy rain and damaging winds with some of those storms, particularly in the evening. Two areas of high pressure on each of the coasts for the eastern seaboard. Sunshine through the morning and early afternoon. That'll give way to increasing clouds ahead of an approaching storm system. At the same time, high pressure starts to build in the west, meaning dry weather after a stormy weekend. So a lot of you not heading out quite yet today. But uh, that's a little outlook for your work week. Headlines next. It's 16 past. Support for the Sunrise Morning Show is from Visiting Angels. Visiting Angels provides experienced, compassionate care to millions of aging adults nationwide. 
by keeping them safe and healthy in the comfort of their own home. Whether it's a short break for caregivers or for long-term assistance, Visiting Angels provides hygiene, meals, light housework, companionship, and more. And services are available up to 24 hours per day. Visiting Angels, online at visitingangels.com. That's visitingangels.com. Franchise opportunities available. Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into the suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. And click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. We know a lot of you love anything pumpkin-flavored, and others, well, not so much. But the Mystic Monks of Wyoming are taking care of both of you with their coffee. That's right. Their seasonal favorite pumpkin spice blend is available, along with other normal flavors. And when you purchase them after clicking the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com, you earn us a commission. While you're at our site, pick up a Sunrise Morning Show mug in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. The most original and exclusive Catholic content is on EWTN Radio. I don't like looking back. I prefer to look forward and keep moving forward. There's plenty to cover. I do a lot of research and try to dig out the bits and pieces of a life or of an agenda that people don't want to talk about. The World Over with Raymond Arroyo. Thursday night, 8 Eastern on EWTN Radio and Television. Seventeen past the hour. Here's Anna with headlines. Former First Lady Rosalind Carter, the wife of the nation's 39th president, has died at age 96. Pope Francis plans to meet with families of Israelis held hostage, as well as with family members of Palestinians who are in Gaza. And the Holy Father yesterday celebrated Mass for the World Day of the Poor. News at the top of bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. <clears throat> As we pay for, pray for all the faithful departed that through the mercy of God, uh, they would rest in peace. You know, it is fascinating that, you know, I, there are all kinds of different opinions on Jimmy Carter and his presidency and his politics and all that. But it seems to me, and I don't know if you saw this uh, through the course of, of these past several months where they've both been ill and on the kind of a swift decline. Yeah that people almost universally seem to appreciate the fact that people were married for as long as yeah. these two were married. And there are there are a bunch of different ways. Seven years. Yeah, there are a bunch of different ways to, to talk about that and think about that. Uh, but I can tell you that if people look across the landscape of American politics in the present day, like I don't think anybody would say, oh, There'll be another Jimmy Carter and Ro- Rosalind Carter here coming along soon, and they'll be married for 77 years also. Like, wow. you don't – it's a very r- rare thing in the world of famous people yeah. for this kind of thing to happen. Um, well, it seems anymore it's just a rare thing. I mean, well, like, my parents celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary this past year. That's and, pretty impressive. I mean, and and yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. I celebrated my 10th wedding anniversary this past year, and I feel like that's kind of impressive in some ways. Well, I, 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 I want to think about this a little bit because in some ways we kind of tend to think that 
uh, America doesn't value marriage anymore. We're just kind of into ourselves. And then something like this kind of goes. And I think that there are a lot of people who are like, man, I wish I wish that were my situation or I wish I had someone in my life yeah. who, who was in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think the same way I saw somebody on a friend on Facebook mention that, you know, she's five kids in now and and how like amazed people are in a good way when she's, you know, going to the grocery store or whatever with those five kids. I think and people I, deep down kind of want yeah. some some. I think there's a desire there. Absolutely. Well, because God placed that in our heart. He made us for communion. Well, so in of a course cynical, it's there. In a cynical world of politics and everything, we want to have people who will get our agendas across. But I think deep down, people also want, well, it's kind of like in Catholicism. People want the truth, but they also want it to come from people who are trying to do good things in their personal lives yeah so it's true well may the souls of the failed departed rest in peace for more than two decades now sacred heart radio has sought to be a light in the darkness and we need your support to keep our lights on we are committed to giving a voice to the voiceless when the rest of the media seeks to silence them and there are those who would love for sacred heart radio to go silent but we are not going anywhere be generous like saint nicholas was generous and help us raise sixty thousand dollars on his feast day wednesday december 6th but you don't have to wait until saint nicholas day you can give right now at sacredheartradio.com support is for metashare let's see if something costs less but people are happier with it that sounds like something to look into and that is metashare maybe you've heard switching to metashare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month and that is huge but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch too the member satisfaction rate for metashare is double that of the typical health insurance plan double metashare works too it's been around for 30 years members have shared more than five billion dollars of each other's bills people love having telehealth and a huge nationwide ppo network so yeah really you can save a ton and like it better Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Every day, members of St. Vincent de Paul, Cincinnati, answer Christ's call, providing spiritual, emotional, and material assistance to neighbors in need. You can help when you donate your unwanted clothing, furniture, household items, or car. Visit 421care.org. I'm Guy. I'm Mara. And I'm Patrick. And we're the Cagney family with Coldwell Banker Realty. We support Sacred Heart Radio. And we help buyers and sellers trying to find their dream homes in Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, and Florida. 513-347-1888 to talk to the Cagney family. to welcome back to the Sunrise Morning Show, Dr. Christopher Jacoby. He's a researcher with the Catholic Project at Catholic University of America. Dr. Jacoby, welcome back to the show. Good morning. Thank you for your continued interest in the priesthood study. Oh my gosh, I am so excited to get to talk to you some more about this. So listeners will remember, I think it was last year, uh, the Catholic Project's major survey or study of of priests in the United States covered a lot of topics. You did a whole series with us on um, all of these things when it as it came to like their mental health, their relationship with their bishops, their parishioners, 
and, and the like. And there has since been some further digging into the findings. And we're going to spend a few weeks together unpacking um, what you've done most recently. But just first of all, why don't you tell us what those areas are that, that you started to dig a little further? Yes. So um, the focus of the second report that we released earlier this month is um, relating to polarization, generational dynamics, and the ongoing impact of the church crisis, and especially on polarization as um, relating to um, theological and political um, views and attitudes and how they've been changing historically, and also how older and younger priests differ on these political, theological attitudes and um, how that is affecting um, priest trust in their bishops as well. So these are the three teams. Well, it got a lot of play when it was first coming out. A lot of people talking about this um, priests and and polarization. I can't imagine why Catholics would be so interested in this. But, of course, we have have so much polarization in our society all around the world, really. But, um, you know, those of us here in the United States certainly have seen a lot of polarization in in politics, but also in the church uh, theologically as well. So um, how did you look at this question with priests? Yes, yeah, so um, the way we measure this is their um, self-described um, attitude. So we ask them to rate their views on most matters having to do with theology and doctrines, and we had a scale that uh, goes from very progressive to a very conservative orthodox. So um, there are five response categories, very progressive, somewhat progressive, middle of the road, conservative orthodox, or very conservative, very orthodox. And we ask them a very similar question about their political orientation. So it's, it's always how they see themselves on these two dimensions. All right, so how do they see themselves? What did you, what did you learn? Yeah, we really witnessed a major historic change in that there's been a steady increase in the number of, um, well, it's a snapshot of data. So as, as we look at uh, comparing younger to older priests, we see a steady uh, increase among the younger priests in the number of priests who are conservative. So starting in the 70s or after the Second Vatican Council, um, younger priests are dramatically more likely to see themselves as conservative or very conservative on matters relating to theology and doctrine. And so to give you a number here, um, from the youngest ordination group, so maybe 2020 or later, it's over 80% of priests that see themselves as conservative or very conservative. And um, the remainder of priests sees um, himself as middle of the road. So there's virtually no one in the youngest ordination group who is very progressive and only a very small share of uh, priests who see themselves as somewhat progressive. So, And that's a dramatic change historically um, in the 60s to 70s, um, actually progressive was the dominant group. Um, eight, over 80% of priests were um, progressive or middle of the road, and only 20% of priests saw themselves as um, um, conservative. So it, it's really a re- reversal, which is very rare to see kind of in social science research um, of a trend here over over the generations. But but this is um, looking at uh, a snapshot of the priesthood today. So it's not comparing priests who are 20, uh, 20 years old or 30 years old um, back, in, back in the day, but it, it's looking at priests today and comparing the younger to the older priests. So young priests are extremely conservative, so to say, and the old priests are 
much more likely to uh, see themselves as um, progressive. So, so that that's a way of um, um, describing polarization there. But uh, there's also not so much polarization if, if we think about just the, the recent statistics of who is becoming a priest, right? Virtually all of them are conservative. So in that sense, um, polarization is declining, uh, so to say, yeah. Yeah, what I thought was interesting when I was looking at these bar graphs, and we've, um, we don't have a whole lot of time left to get into it, but thankfully we have a couple of weeks to, uh, to unpack more of this. But I was really intrigued by the fact that there were very few who said they were either very progressive or very conservative. Um, and, and like you said, this is kind of a self-assessment. So the very progressives would probably think that those who call themselves conservative are very conservative. Can you talk about sort of the caveats in that when, when you're self-assessing? Yeah, well, the question is, um, uh, what do you compare your views to? Is it, is it the current state of culture and politics right now, like what is the meaning of conservative or very conservative now versus back in the day? And our data can't really um, give us a quantitative um, answer to that. But we can correlate it to other items, like specific items about belief in the Eucharist, um, kind of other domains. And while, while obviously the meaning has changed, and one could argue that maybe very conservative or conservative now is somewhat different, um, maybe that, that used to be more of the middle of the road, maybe at a different point in time. Uh, so that might be a caveat, but uh, but the overall trend is so strong that this seems to be a conservative turn. But you're right to say that um, the polar groups have have grown um, or yeah. in the as well. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, we've been talking to Dr. Christopher Jacoby and looking forward to unpacking this study further in subsequent weeks. You can find it linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Dr. Jacoby, thank you. Thank you for having me, and I'm looking forward to our next session. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much again. And you can find all of our guests linked at sonrisemorningshow.com. Click on the show notes. Click on the subscribe button to get it all in your inbox every day. Half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's time for news. Israel's ambassador to the United States says his country's government is against a ceasefire, but willing to agree to a pause in fighting for the release of hostages. Speaking on ABC's This Week, Michael Herzog outlined the difference between a pause and a ceasefire. He said a pause in the fighting would last for a few days to allow for a significant number of hostages to be released. He said Israel is against a ceasefire because Hamas would use it as a chance to regroup and strike again. Herzog emphasized that Israel will continue its objective to dismantle, as he put it, Hamas's military and terror infrastructure. Pope Francis plans to meet with families of Israelis being held hostage, as well as with family members of Palestinians who are in Gaza. The Vatican announced the meetings will be held separately, and both will take place on Wednesday after his general audience. The Holy See spokesperson said the meetings are of an exclusively humanitarian nature. He added that the Pope's objective is to express his spiritual closeness to the suffering of each individual. Pope Francis renewed his appeal for peace around the world during his Angelus address yesterday. From Vatican Radio, Linda Bordoni reports. La pace è possibile. Ci vuole buona volontà. And he implored men and women of goodwill never to resign themselves to war. Non rassegniamoci alla guerra. Reiterating his belief already voiced on many occasions and repeating the word always three times, the Pope said... War always, always, 
always is a defeat. And he noted the only ones who gain from war are those who manufacture weapons. Soltanto guadagnano i fabbricatori delle armi. And during the Pope's urgent appeal, he shone the spotlight on Myanmar, where an escalation of hostilities between the country's military junta and ethnic minority armed group, the Arakan Army, have spread to various townships, where civilians have been caught in the crossfire. I renew my closeness to the dear people of Myanmar, the Pope said, who unfortunately continue to suffer from violence and suppression. I pray that they will not be discouraged and always trust in the Lord's help. Never neglecting to remember those suffering from the ongoing conflict in Ukraine and in the war between Israel and Hamas, the Pope asked for prayers for the tormented Ukraine and for the people of Palestine and Israel. I'm Linda Bordoni. Former First Lady Rosalind Carter, the wife of the nation's 39th president, has died. Mark Mayfield reports. The Carter Center announced she passed away Sunday afternoon at the age of 96 at her home in Plains, Georgia. She married Jimmy Carter in 1946, and they were married for 77 years. As First Lady, she was an active part of the administration, serving as the president's personal emissary to Latin American countries and even sitting in on cabinet meetings. She focused her advocacy on performing arts and improving mental health programs. I'm Mark Mayfield. The I-10 freeway in California is now back open. The mayor of L.A. posted Sunday night a welcome back message to L.A. residents. Five lanes in each direction were made available Sunday night to help reduce the disruption during the Monday morning drive. More than 250 people worked on the section of the freeway 24 hours a day after a fire last Saturday. The Fulton County District Attorney is requesting an August 5th start date for the trial of former President Trump in the Georgia election interference case. Brian Shook reports. Willis said in a court filing that the date balances potential delays from Trump's other trials as well as the other defendants' constitutional speedy trial rights. Trump's lawyers said in their court filing that the former president wants to present oral arguments in opposition to the motion. Trump has continued to push for his various trials to be delayed until after the 2024 election. I'm Brian Shook. That's the news. You're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. It's 35 past the hour. To keep Pro-Life Radio alive next year, Sacred Heart Radio listeners will begin by raising $60,000 on Wednesday, December 6th. So ask everyone to listen now and to help us raise $60,000 on December 6th during our Advent Pledge Drive. Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air are proud supporters of Sacred Heart Radio, home of the 100% satisfaction guarantee, because our work is done right the first time. For all your plumbing, heating, and air conditioning work, find us at skpha.com, skpha.com. Looking for a special gift for a loved one this holiday season? Consider an offering of rest, prayer, and a time for reflection. Give the gift of a weekend retreat at the Jesuit Spiritual Center, a time to get away from the busyness of life and embrace God's love and mercy. 
Call now at 513-248-3500 for more information. That's 513-248-3500. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this Monday, November the 20th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Knockleman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. Be ready for a little bit of rain today. Right now, temperatures in the lower 40s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, mostly cloudy today with some spotty midday showers and a high of 51 degrees. Rain is likely at night, could be heavy at times with an overnight low of 47. Some morning rain likely tomorrow and some spotty afternoon showers, but warmer, a high of 59. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, mostly cloudy with a slight chance of a few showers and a high of 50 today. Scattered evening showers become widespread overnight with a low of 44. Cloudy with periods of rain tomorrow and a high of 55 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. Thirty-seven minutes past the hour, you're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Happy to have you along with us on a Monday morning. Thanks for joining us. Father John Gavin back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. He's author of Mysteries of the Lord's Prayer. Good morning, Father. Good morning. Hey, Father, um, we've been asking our regular guests about Thanksgiving. Is there any particular dish that you're really good at that you always bring to a Thanksgiving meal? Well, I, um, I'm cooking. I'm assistant for cooking the meal this Thursday with Father Riser here in the community. Um, I don't bring a particular dish other than my ability to move, carry, stir, and chop. <laughs> so I That's leave awesome. all the real details into the hands of uh, the master, Father Riser. So. Uh, but, yeah, we, we, we usually turn out a pretty good meal. That's awesome. The sous chef is a very important role. Otherwise, yeah. all the food wouldn't get cooked. So That's right. Excellent. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Um, so continuing our dive into the catechism, unpacking church father quotes um, in the catechism, we're continuing in this section on the creed devoted to the Holy Spirit. And specifically, we've been looking at the sacrament of confession and here's the paragraph that we're going to be discussing today this is paragraph 983 and it boasts three three church father quotes so here we go it says catechesis strives to awaken and nourish in the faith the faithful faith in the incomparable greatness of the risen christ's gift to his church the mission and the power to forgive sins through the ministry of the apostles and their successors. Here's St. Ambrose. The Lord wills that his disciples possess a tremendous power, that his lowly servants accomplish in his name all that he did when he was on earth. Now St. John Chrysostom. Priests have received from God a power that he has given neither to angels nor to archangels, God above confirms what priests do here below. And finally, from St. Augustine, were there no forgiveness of sins in the church, there would be no hope of life to come or eternal liberation. Let us thank God who has given his church such 
a gift. Um, amen to that. Now, mm-hmm. Father, take us through these quotes and where they come from. Sure. So obviously, by quoting three major church fathers, one after the other, the, the catechism is making a point here. And the first one comes, of course, from St. Ambrose of Milan, who died in 397, a great bishop who opposed uh, Arianism and, of course, his relationship with St. Augustine and Augustine's conversion and his baptism, so significant. He is, This comes from a work on penance, De Penitentia, in which he uh, is opposing especially some lingering teachings that stem from Novation, who was a uh, priest, uh, theologian, even anti-pope, uh, who opposed Pope Cornelius in uh, the third century regarding the possibility of forgiveness of sin after baptism, mm-hmm. uh, especially after uh, during a period of uh, persecution. And uh, Ambrose is saying, no, one can, unlike Novation, said, no, it's not possible. Ambrose affirms the possibility of reconciliation in the life of the Church, while also affirming uh, the role of the apostles in that, obviously what becomes our sacrament of confession. John Chrysostom, the great preacher, the golden mouth, uh, who died in 407, preached in Greek, uh, continues this theme in, in affirming especially uh, that it is God or Christ who forgives sins, uh, not the priest, and, but that it, this, again, takes place in the life of the Church. And then finally, we have a quote from St. Augustine from one of his sermons, and uh, this sermon was given in what we call the handing on of the creed. Uh, this took place just before uh, the Easter Vigil, a uh, week before, in which he explains the entirety of the creed to those who are about to be baptized. Mm -hmm. And again, in this case, he uh, emphasizes the possibility of forgiveness of sins, uh, first and foremost through baptism, which they are about to receive, but also within the life of the Church, always uh, within the communal life of the Church, as conveyed through the apostles. So it's, it's really bringing home this theme of this gift of forgiveness of sins in Christ within uh, the life of the Church, and especially through the action of the Apostles. And so talk a little more about the power of the priest in the sacrament of confession. Certainly. Uh, I think what we see in all of them is, on the one hand, uh, they do point out, yes, that in the life of the Church, from Christ's own words, uh, I think as we saw last week regarding the keys, uh, this uh, this uh, gift of forgiveness takes place sacramentally through, uh, through the priests. But on the other hand, it really emphasizes the fact, the truth, that it is Christ who forgives sins, not actually the priest who does so. And uh, I just share a, a just briefly just an experience I, uh, that I've had over the years as a confessor, um, especially when I was in Italy. Uh, I was ordained in 2002, and I was sent immediately after to go do studies, doctoral studies in uh, Rome, and then teach. And I became part of a small group that every year would go to uh, Lecco, which is a beautiful, beautiful uh, town north of Milan, near the Alps. And there's a shrine to Our Lady there, Our Lady of Victory. 
And we would go there to hear confessions during Advent and uh, Lent for Holy Week and then the last week of Advent. It's in the uh, Diocese of Milan, so they have the Ambrosian Rite there. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. So it's uh, they get five weeks of Advent instead of four. Cool. Uh, <laughs> and they start Lent on a Sunday. Wow. Uh, so uh, some differences there. but. But the thing was, because it was a shrine, people came from all over to hear confessions for for a week. It's incredible. We were hearing confessions eight or nine hours a day. Wow. Non-stop. That's like St. John Vianney style. <laughs> oh, it was, it was very, and this is, I had just been ordained a priest the first time I went there in Lent. But what, what I, this kind of, I call it like um, confession boot camp while we were up there. <laughs> Yeah. And what I really became conscious of was, first of all, three things. I mean, that first of all, it really is Christ who heals in the sacrament. Uh, the priest is present, but yet you're just too tired. To really, you just realize, <laughs> my goodness, it's only Jesus who's doing this in the Holy Spirit. The other thing was the community. Um, you, you would have to sometimes step out, obviously, to go to the bathroom, take a break or what have you. And you just see this massive crowd. Mm. all gathered as sinners in need. You could imagine all those seeking healing around Christ in, that we hear about in the Scriptures. And it's like they are gathered together as a communion. And then finally, this almost tangible sense of hope uh, mm. for each person individually but whole group. This is really, uh, especially being that close to St. Ambrose in this case, it was uh, just an incredible experience of what it means uh, it's not the priest, it is Christ, but what a gift to witness that healing in a community of the Church. Oh, I believe it. Um, can I ask you about this St. John Chrysostom quote? So, sure. priests have received from God a power that he has given neither to angels nor mm. to archangels. I mean, no pressure there, Father. I mean, I know <laughs> you just got done saying that it is absolutely Christ who is doing the healing, but what, mm. what, a, what an experience that must be to have the power of Christ run through you in that way. It, it is uh, truly one of the most humbling uh, experiences uh, that a priest can have is, is to hear someone's confession, uh, and it's just a tremendous gift. I think it's also reminded when the priest goes to confession, right? Mm. Uh, I mean, it's also the priest uh, also is going, what one hopes, regularly to confession. And so it's reinforced in both directions. It's like, what an incredible gift that Christ has given us in the life of the Church. Yeah. We've been talking to Father John Gavin, some beautiful quotes from the Church Fathers today in the Catechism, paragraph 983. If you want to go do some further study with the Church Fathers in the Catechism, and you can find Father's book, Mysteries of the Lord's Prayer, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Father Gavin, thank you so much. Have a blessed Thanksgiving. You do the same. Thank you very much. All right. It is 13 till Father Patrick Briscoe joins us next. Support for the Sunrise Morning Show is from Visiting Angels. Visiting Angels provides experienced, compassionate care to millions of aging adults nationwide by keeping them safe and healthy in the comfort of their own home. Whether it's a short break for caregivers or for long-term assistance, Visiting Angels provides hygiene, meals, light housework, companionship, and more. And services are available up to 24 hours per day. Visiting Angels, online at visitingangels.com. That's visitingangels.com. Franchise opportunities available. 
I have been a school sister of Notre Dame for 72 years. Most senior Catholic sisters, brothers, and religious order priests served for years with little pay. I always taught the primary grades, and I loved it. Today, hundreds of religious communities lack retirement funds. Your gift to the Retirement Fund for Religious helps provide medications and care. Please give to those who have given a lifetime. Thank you, and God bless you a hundredfold. Donate at your local parish. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at SacredHeartRadio.com. That's Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com. Hi, friends. Johnette Williams here. Join me every Wednesday on Women of Grace Live as I welcome new age researcher and blogger for Women of Grace, Sue Brinkman. Sue and I will be talking about all the wacky things that could distract you from your faith. Psychics, yoga, Reiki, crystals, acupuncture, Ouija boards, tarot cards, and astral traveling are just a few of the stranger things we discuss. That's why we call it Wacky Wednesday. So join us at 11 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. On the next More to Life, all stressed up for the holidays. Worried about holiday get-togethers? We'll help you find your peace. That's later today on More to Life. Now back to the Sunrise Morning Show. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Father Patrick Briscoe. He's a Dominican priest, and he also happens to be uh, kind of our pipeline guy for all things <clears throat> our Sunday visitor. Father, how are you? Hey, good morning, Matt. Thanks for having me on. So before we let you uh, get into today's topic, I've been asking, Annie's been asking, do you have any Thanksgiving responsibilities? Are you in charge of anything this week, or are you staying out of the way? Well, usually I do throw myself into the kitchen, and I really enjoy it. Thanksgiving is one of the most fun holidays in a religious community because uh, it's really, really about the fraternity, really about uh, just being able to be together. But this year I'm on the road. I'm actually on my way to uh, a, an event for the Eucharistic Revival in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Oh, wow. Well, don't get any gumbo on that white habit, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> well, we hope you have a safe trip. Send our best to the folks in Lake Charles. Um, I want to talk about a bit of a difficult topic and a very contentious one, and one that um, really has been building for some time. And I didn't. I don't even think I knew this existed after, like, the 40s until maybe just a few years ago, and that is uh, this wave after wave of anti-Semitism, which seems to be making the rounds in a very big way, especially since the Israel-Gaza conflict. Uh, what are some of your reflections on it as a, well, as an American, as a Christian, as a Catholic priest? Yeah, I think one of the things that we tend to do as Catholics and ought to do, right, is to look at our look at our historic resources. And one of the best, uh, one of the best to help us navigate this issue of anti-Semitism, is the French philosopher Jacques Maritain. He gave a radio address here in the United States weeks after Kristallnacht, the night, of course, where seven thousand Jewish businesses were destroyed, nine hundred synagogues were burned, thirty thousand Jewish men were deported to concentration camps. He gave a compelling radio address 
that helped uh, that helped situate uh, Catholics um, and helped contest some, uh, frankly, just a, a lot of wrong thinking, a lot of wrong ideas about the issue in a very clear way. So we can we can look to things like Maritan's radio address to help us navigate the waters that that we have to that we have to pass through today. Yeah. So this is why I think this is such an important topic, because when geopolitics get involved, a whole bunch of things get lumped all in together. And what happens is that when someone can be rallying for X, suddenly, like, you've got all these other people that show up and everybody just sort of lets them have a microphone. (laughs) It's crazy. These things happen uh, all over the place. And it's amazing to me how in the conversations about you know, what should be happening with the geopolitics of Israel and Palestine, some of these like old tropes about, you know, death to all Jews and some of this other stuff gets in the mix and people just kind of let it run. That's absolutely right. Um, one, one can have thoughtful and critical discussions about how territory is controlled and allocated uh, in and around Israel, but it's wrong, for example, to cry uh, from the river to the sea because that's a genocidal slogan. And we we should be clear about what's wrong uh, and supportive about thoughtful ways uh, and critical ways to have meaningful dialogue. So this gets tricky in a number of ways, and I can't help but think of this in light of my evangelical background and the... Uh, I mean, it comes back around in waves every now and then, the rapture craze. And there were certain people, um, I'm not even going to say the names of some of these uh, TV preachers and people who had massive platforms who were very, very into rapture stuff and wanting to uh, resettle Jews in the Holy Land because they thought it would hasten the return of Christ. And it was weird. They sort of used the... The Jewish people as like kind of this prop to get at this sort of eschatological end game they were trying to force Jesus into. It's very, very difficult to explain to anybody who wasn't there at the time. Uh, But I think even that uh, betrays kind of a form of like an anti-Semitism of of objectifying the Jews as means to some other kind of end. And I think that's a dangerous thing, too. And I see it. uh, Maybe I'm sensitive to it because of some of the experiences I had, but I see that, too. I, I think that's absolutely correct, uh, and that there could be that there could be misunderstandings about what what the Lord is going to do, or or how we interact with with His divine providence and service to His providence. I mean, I think our relationship with Christianity must be must be founded on on our fraternal on our fraternal bond. Jacques Maritain uses the phrase, for example, "spiritually we are Semites," right? And he he takes that from takes that from uh, from one of the popes uh, and I think that 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 kind of clarity of understanding the kind of shared font of revelation um, is a great beginning point it's a great touchstone um, to understand that for a Christian to hate or despise um, the race from which sprang his God is a very serious matter yeah yeah it is the entire mechanism that God used through the course of salvation history to reveal the second person of the Trinity to us. It's kind of a serious thing that we ought to be taking seriously. But just to turn it around to us with like just a moment left, uh, I mean, we should be aware that if 
if all these, you know, this vitriol gets turned on the Jews, it, it doesn't take but one move to turn that back on Christians, too. Uh, so in some sense, this is kind of like a, a dispute that we can't completely ignore either. Yes, I think that's absolutely correct. And we we ought to we ought to learn the lessons of history and and I think that's why we why we're called to speak so clearly about anti-semitism at, at this moment um, to to pursue the truth and to to say what what can be said um, with with clarity in uh, in this current conflict and then as as you say uh, in so doing to move move the conversation forward yeah we've got uh socioeconomic problems to discuss. We've got geopolitical problems to discuss. We've got all kinds of unrest and violence to pray that the Prince of Peace comes and resolves. Uh, but in the meantime, we can't be engaged in, <laughs> in racism as a mechanism for any of that. So thank you so much, Father Patrick Briscoe. Uh, we've got our Sunday visitor linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Thanks so much for having me on. God bless. All right, we got another full hour of the Sunrise Morning Show coming up after the break. Please do stay with us. It's three minutes till. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home to Faith. And Father Robert Nixon will discuss St. Albert the Great's book, The Paradise of the Soul. Alvin Louie will talk about the media infiltration promoting the woke agenda. I'll reflect on coping with the growing darkness in the world. With frequent traffic and weather to get you home safely. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. This is John Kennedy, a State Farm agent serving Northern Kentucky and Cincinnati and a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. Whether it's home, auto, or life insurance, I can help with any of your insurance needs. I can be reached at 859-485-2000 or online at johnkennedyinsurance.com. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. We strive to provide the highest quality diamond and CBN products manufactured by privately owned companies, enabling us to provide prompt and personal service and you to avoid the unnecessary cost and frustrations of dealing with bureaucracies. Find us online at theabrasiveone.com. That's the number one. Theabrasiveone.com. Theabrasiveone.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Gate of Heaven Cemetery, serving the Archdiocese of Cincinnati for 76 years. They extend their heartfelt thanks to the community for entrusting Gate of Heaven to assist them during their time of sorrow. Share the gift of gratitude with your loved ones this Thanksgiving by attending a pre-planning seminar November 21st at 11 a.m., 2 p.m., or 6 p.m. More information at 513-489-0300 or email community at gateofheaven.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors. Trusted and recommended by generations of families to sell their homes. 
Licensed in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. Hoting Realtors, 513-451-4800 and at Hoting.com. You rely on your car, so rely on the experts at Fort Mitchell Garage, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. They can do it all from brakes, tires, and heating and cooling to towing and collision repair and more. Fort Mitchell Garage on Dixie Highway and Park Hills. On the web at FortMitchellGarage.com. This is Deacon Mike Erb with St. Ignatius of Loyola Parish in Mumford Heights. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Radio. 740 W. WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Monday the 20th of November as we continue through the month dedicated to the holy souls in purgatory. Let's pray for the dead in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. God our Father, your power brings us to birth. Your providence guides our lives and by your command we return to dust. Lord, those who die still live in your presence. Their lives change but do not end. I pray and hope for my family, relatives and friends and for all the dead known to you alone. In company with Christ who died and now lives, may they rejoice in your kingdom where all our tears are wiped away. Unite us together again in one family to sing your praise forever and ever. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. We are glad that you are with us here on a Monday morning as we head towards the Thanksgiving holiday. At least those of you listening in the United States of America. I know some of you are listening from other places, but we in the U.S. of A. are uh, hopefully going to be able to get together with some family, eat some food, and uh, it'll be a good week, I hope. We'll travel out there, too. Please be safe. I'm Matt Swain. Anna Mitchell has news Paul Lockman at the controls. Travis has got our video feed up and running. SunriseMorningShow.com. Click the show notes. Teresa Tamio will join us from EWTN and Ave Maria Radio's Catholic Connection. Brennan Hodge will talk about some vocation stats in big versus little dioceses. These are going to be some interesting stats, I assure you. Bear Wozniak will join us as we continue his series on uh, steps to be a virtuous Catholic man. And then Stephanie Mann, who is, uh, that's only her last name. But Stephanie is going to talk about two second-chance confessors, and if you don't know what that means, you should be tuned in because it's a cool story. Right now, it is two minutes past the hour. News of service of Central Fabricators and centralfabricators.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. Former First Lady Rosalind Carter, the wife of Jimmy Carter, the 39th president of the United States, has died. The Carter Center announced she passed away Sunday afternoon at the age of 96 at her home in Plains, Georgia. She married Jimmy Carter in 1946. They were married for 77 years. As First Lady, she was active in the administration, serving as the president's personal emissary to Latin American countries and sitting in on cabinet meetings. She focused her advocacy as First Lady on performing arts and improving mental health programs. In other news, the U.S. is brokering a deal with Israel and Hamas to pause the war in Gaza and allow some hostages to be freed. 
People familiar with negotiations tell the Washington Post that Israel and Hamas are close to an agreement and that dozens of women and children are currently that are currently being held hostage in Gaza could start being released within the next several days. The report says the six-page deal would require Israel and Hamas to freeze combat operations for at least five days, while up to 50 hostages are released in small groups every 24 hours. The pause would also allow for humanitarian aid to enter Gaza. Pope Francis plans to meet with families of Israelis being held hostage, as well as with family members of Palestinians who are in Gaza. Mark Mayfield reports. The Vatican announced the meetings will be held separately and both will take place this Wednesday after a general audience with the Pope. A Holy See spokesperson said the meetings are of an exclusively humanitarian nature. The spokesperson added that the Pope's objective is to express his spiritual closeness to the suffering of each individual. I'm Mark Mayfield. Pope Francis celebrated Mass yesterday for the World Day of the Poor. From Vatican Radio, Thaddeus Jones has more. In his homily during the Mass for the World Day of the Poor, Pope Francis reflected on two aspects of the Sunday Gospel reading recounting the parable of the talents the journey of Jesus, and the journey of our own lives. Describing the journey of Jesus in his incarnation, resurrection, and ascension to heaven, Pope Francis said Jesus has left us his wealth, recalling the Eucharist, his words of life, his Holy Mother to be our Mother, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He explained how all these gifts or talents are freely offered so that we can continue his work on earth in our own personal mission that the Lord entrusts to us in our daily lives, in society and in the church. The journey of Jesus will continue at the end of time when he returns in glory, the Pope recalled, in order to settle the accounts of history and bring us into the joy of eternal life. And it's therefore important that we ask ourselves, in what state will the Lord find us when he returns? Pope said we've received from the Lord the gift of his love and we're called to become a gift for others. The love with which Jesus cared for us, the balm of his mercy, the compassion with which he tended our wounds, the flame of the Spirit by which he filled our hearts with joy and hope. The Pope said all these are treasures that we cannot simply keep to ourselves. Recalling the great suffering in our world and the scandal of widespread poverty, the Pope explained how today's gospel speaks loudly and clearly that we must spread the wealth of charity. The Pope said when we think of the immense numbers of the poor in our midst, the message of today's gospel is clear. Let us not bury the wealth of the Lord. Let us spread the wealth of charity, share our bread, and multiply love. I'm Thaddeus Jones. The I-10 freeway in California is now back open. L.A. Mayor Karen Bass posted last night a welcome back message to L.A. residents. Five lanes in each direction were made available last night to help reduce the disruption during the Monday morning drive. More than 250 people worked on that section of the freeway 24 hours a day after the fire last Saturday. That stretch of road handles nearly 300,000 vehicles per day. Officials are still looking into the case of the blaze and have released pictures of a person of interest in the case. They do believe this is a case of arson. A town in Iceland is bracing for a major volcanic eruption. All 3,800 residents have been forced to evacuate from the small town of Grindavik after a huge crack in the earth began to spread last week. The seismic activity triggered hundreds of earthquakes and tremors in the region. 
Vatican City State has launched a series of energy-saving initiatives. Vatican News reports among the projects is a partnership with Volkswagen to introduce a state car fleet to reduce CO2 emissions. Officials say the initiatives are all rooted in the principles of the Pope's encyclical Laudato Si and the follow-up exhortation Laudate Deum on the protection of our common home. And the Detroit Lions are one of the hottest teams in the NFL, and it shows in the cost of tickets for this week's Thanksgiving Day matchup against the Packers. Tickets are going for $200 minimum for standing room only. The more costly tickets are going for thousands of dollars on resale sites. Lions are 8-2 and two and looking to extend their lead in the division this week. All right, so let me let me think about this. So the Lions won. They came back on the Bears last night. Mm-hmm. And the Eagles, the Eagles play tonight? No. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, they do. Eagles and Chiefs yeah. play tonight. Goodness gracious. That's quite a... Uh... All right, so it'll be very interesting. So if the Eagles lose to the Chiefs, which who knows... That means that the Lions would be tied for the best record in the That's NFC? crazy. Of course, I'm more interested in college football. Of because, course. You got a you know, big one. The game is this Saturday, and so, Matt, State, I would Michigan. like to be referred to as Anna Itchel this week. Because you don't want to be using the M in anything? Yeah. I mean, I can't really, in a practical way... We'll just go by your married name. You'll be Annie Egan. Okay. There you go. (laughs) That'll work. Because Itchel just sounds like, I don't know, something that needs a scratch. It's funnier to go by. (laughs) I think it's funnier to call me Anna Itchel. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I don't think we've got, I think we were not able to get Teresa Tommy on the line. That is correct. I'm thinking. She just came off a pilgrimage. Well, but I'm thinking that somehow, like, in your zeal to be all Ohio State all the time, you wouldn't even let someone from the state a border north of you even on the air on a Monday morning. Do we have any regulars from that state up? Is Steve Ray. Of course. Gary Achuda. Gary Achuda. Does he care about college football? Uh, He might. I don't know. I gotta find out. There There are a few people from up there. Arlen De La Torre. Was it, he was. Nah, he's in Ohio he was now. In he's, the, he's the guy who says go Bucks at the every interview. I know. At the end of every interview. Good morning. I think it was Arlen. the late Bobby go Knight Bucks. who used to never refer to Kentucky. He uh, called it like the state south of the Ohio River. Nice. Nice. Uh, when he was. Uh, it's a problem with his Indiana That's basketball. Good. That's good. Stuff. Well, speaking of Sunrise Morning Show guests, I put a Facebook post up and uh, I want to know what people have to think. Since we're. I mean, we, there's all kinds of different ways to look at what we're thankful for and, and all that stuff. Uh, and I thought it'd be fun to put a post out. Uh, it's on Facebook. It's also in the chat in the uh, video of, uh, the, of the Sunrise Morning Show if you go to the show notes. Uh, and the question is, which Sunrise regular guest are you especially thankful for this year? So go to sunrisemorningshow.com, click on the Facebook page. I'd love to share a few of those through the course of the morning and the week. Uh, do you know who I picked? Did you just pick one? I just picked one, right? Wow. So Okay. Um, but I picked one because if you say all of them, that's cheating. Sure. 
But and I mean, with that, with that caveat in mind, that we are so I, so grateful for all of our regulars. There are other shows that are forced to interview people that they don't want to talk to because they know they have to cover certain things. But we have a luxury of only picking like the people that we really want to talk to. Yeah, and just kind of catching up with them from week to week. And I uh, this year. And you probably already know who I'm going to say. But I've been especially grateful for Father Augustine Weta. Um, because among other things, his stories are great. They're wild. <laughs> Even at the beginning of an interview, when I think I know what I'm going to talk about with him, it turns out not being what I thought I was going to talk about with him. <laughs> he makes me laugh nonstop. Uh, and I feel like every single time I talk to him, I'm like, well. That's one practical thing I can take into a relationship or an interaction or decision today. Yeah. That Benedictine wisdom. It's been a very Benedictine year. We've had a lot of Benedictines Lots on the Lots of Benedictines. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, I'm going to have to narrow down, but can you I got, start you, with say, a list? Okay, so you got to pick one and solo them out. So I will, can, yeah, I'll I'll get to that. I didn't realize that I had to pick just one. No, so while you're start, thinking, do you want me to share some others or are you ready? Well, I have a list. Okay. That I started because I was like, okay, you know, you have to keep narrowing down, kind of like, you know, the, the 70, the the 12, yeah. the 3. It's more so, like picking bridesmaids. If you pick one, it's fine. If you pick yeah. seven, people are like, well, why'd you leave the eighth All right. Out? So I, I started thinking about all of the regulars and um, how grateful I am for all of them. And then I thought, okay. Matt is going to make me narrow down this list. And so I started to think about the regulars who, um, because all of them do so much work, mm -hmm. um, there are some regulars who actually, like, generate the content specifically for the Sunrise Morning Show. Yeah, they, we have a lot of regulars who yeah. do, um, who do, who have books or podcasts or, you know, things of that nature that... Um, some people put together their notes for just for us. Like Exactly. They don't and, exist on a blog post or in a book or anything. They're just conversations they have with us. Just, my which computer is, just decided to freeze so that I could I have the list of people who like come up with the content. So um here we go. Those who like literally so they don't we're not like going through a book that they've already written or a podcast that they've already done or a blog post that they've written. So these are the people who write things specifically for the Sunrise Morning Show. Kevin Schmeising. Of course. Father John Gavin. Of course. Uh, Stephanie Mann. Absolutely. Steve Ray. Chris McGregor. Father Frank Donio. Rita Heikenfeld. Kevin Prendergast, um, sometimes Ken Craycraft. He's kind of a he's he's. So some of his stuff ends up in some articles. of his stuff is written, and some of his stuff is completely like. And to be fair, Stephanie Mann usually does a blog post about it, but she does it to talk about what she's going to, to preview her segment. Well, exactly. That's <laughs> so, what her. Yeah, I mean, she yeah. writes that blog post specifically for the Sunrise Morning nuggets. Show. Yes. Um, the other one who who does this is Marlon De La Torre. Of course. Um, his blog posts come out on Tuesday mornings when of he's our, live with, with our us, regular or I guess Monday nights ahead of the Sunrise Morning Show. You want to hear so what some other people have is, had to say, by the way? These are the lists that uh, that I've come up with. Now, you're going to make me narrow it down further. I gotta uh, you, I'm not going to make you narrow it down. I'm going to read what some listeners have had oh, to say. Oh, okay, great. And I'll give you a chance to think. 
So Linnell wrote on Facebook, Danielle Bean loves nice. her wisdom and example as a wife and mother. Maybe she loves her pie crust recipe, too, because Ooh. Danielle threw that out last week also. I know. All right. uh, Stephanie, Stephanie Mann, who's going to be on the show later on, says that she appreciates Brendan Hodge, who's going to be on the show next. Oh, neat. See, this is the fun part of the Sunrise Morning Show family is that the, the people who are actually on the show listen to each other. I love that. <laughs> um, gosh, there's there's many more. Um, Michael on the YouTube chat says he appreciates Bobby Schindler. I appreciate Bobby, too. Bobby is like, if I if I don't hear it from Bobby, I don't hear it. Yeah. A lot of the stuff that he covers. Um, got Felix thankful for Father Hezekiah and Joseph Pierce. Nice. Uh Let's see. There's another I'm person I'm grateful here. for Father Hezekiah's, too. I am, too. He's a wild man. He's <laughs> yes. a wild man. Yes, and while I'm is. at it, I'm really grateful for Father Jonathan Duncan, too. I'm grateful for the fact that we get two priests every week. So if you hit the Sunrise Morning Show timing just right, you can get three different priests reflecting on the homily after you go to Mass at your own parish. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty cool to be able to get an Eastern Rite priest, a convert former Episcopalian priest, who's now Catholic, and your own parish priest, mm-hmm. all given a take on the gospel reading and the and the first and second readings for Mass. Um, that, to me, I'm, like, very grateful for that every weekend. I, co- I feel like I go into Mass with a, bet, a better uh, better perspective on stuff. Um, Dr. Matthew Bunsen's getting some mentions. Oh, yeah. Wow. I guess I should say he generates the content. It's just all in his head. It is. I don't ever give him any kind of He's written encyclopedias. He generated it at some point. Yeah, that is for sure. At any rate, tell us who you're thankful for in the Sunrise Morning Show family, specifically who and why, and put it in the Facebook notes or on the YouTube chat. Back after this, it's 17 past. Support is for MediShare. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with. You can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Waking up with Mystic Monk Coffee is definitely a better way to start your day. Not only are you getting a great cup of coffee, but your purchase helps support the life of the Carmelite monks of Wyoming. And your purchase can also help our work. All you need to do is go first to sonricemorningshow.com. When you click the Mystic Monk link on the side of the page, we earn a commission. Support the monks and support the Sunrise Morning Show. Click the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com. That's sonricemorningshow.com. One of the reasons we should go to Mass is because it is the food of the saints that we receive. And for the saints, they understood rightly that the time after Holy Communion, that those moments are the most precious moments of our lives. 
The Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, live from the EWTN Chapel, every morning, 8 Eastern, on EWTN Radio and Television. 19 minutes past the hour. Here's Anna with headlines. Former First Lady Rosalind Carter has died. She was 96 years old. The U.S. says they are brokering a deal with Israel and Hamas to pause the war in Gaza to allow some hostages to be freed and humanitarian aid to come in. And Pope Francis plans to meet with families of Israelis held hostage as well as with family members of Palestinians who are in Gaza. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. Did just want to throw that back out there as you're preparing for your Thanksgiving feasts. Uh, I mentioned Danielle Bean's recipe uh, portal, which I don't think you can get to from her main page. It's no, you Dan- was it daniellebean.com slash recipes? recipes. Mm-hmm. So check that out. Also go to abouteating.com. This is like Rita Heikenfeld's time this of year to shine. time. I, uh, I lean from on now Rita until, big time. From now until the Christmas Now until season. like epiphany. Yeah, exactly. So, and maybe even on through that because then she's got Valentine's Day chocolate cake recipes. Ooh. And then we're into Lenten meatless recipes, and then she's got Easter feast recipes. She's just, you know, really she's very important about eating.com. And also, this is one of the cool things is that she collects recipes from listeners, and sometimes she'll share one, and she'll be like, "This is from a listener in uh, mm-hmm. in Michigan, Michigan, in Michigan. Yeah. They gave us this Massachusetts this bread pudding recipe, as it were. Mm-hmm. So, at any rate." Head over to sunrisemorningshow.com. Check out our Sunrise Morning Show family members and their recipe suggestions. And try them out. Let us know how they work. It's 21 past. Attention, Sacred Heart Radio volunteers. Wednesday, December 6th is our Advent Pledge Drive. And we need volunteers to answer phones from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. that day. If you can help, even for an hour, call 513-731-7740. Or visit sacredheartradio.com and click volunteer. We need your help to raise $60,000 on Wednesday, December 6th. If you can answer phones anytime that day, please visit sacredheartradio.com and click volunteer. I am Guy Cagney with the Cagney Family and Coble Banker Realty. The Cagney family supports Sacred Heart Radio and wants you to know that we can help you with all your real estate needs in Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, and Florida. 513-347-1888. When you donate your car to St. Vincent de Paul of Cincinnati, you are showing you care by making it a vehicle for hope to transform lives. Your donation of a car, truck, or RV helps provide basic needs to struggling neighbors, and they'll pick it up for free. Find out more at 421care.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. Looking for a special gift for a loved one this holiday season? Consider an offering of rest, prayer, and a time for reflection. Give the gift of a weekend retreat at the Jesuit Spiritual Center, a time to get away from the busyness of life and embrace God's love and mercy. Call now at 513-248-3500 for more information. That's 513-248-3500, 513-248-3500. Why wait in endless lines at the pharmacy when Brozard Pharmacy, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can fill your prescriptions in a timely manner with high quality. Brozard Pharmacy, fast, friendly service without the wait at brozartpharmacy.com. 
23 minutes past the hour. You're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Happy to have you along with us on a Monday morning. Brendan Hodge joining us again on the Sunrise Morning Show. He is Darwin from the Darwin Catholic blog. He's author of If You Can Get It from Ignatius Press and a contributing editor to The Pillar. Good morning, Brendan. Good morning. Great to be on with you. It is great to have you, Brendan. What is your job at Thanksgiving in the Hodge household? Um, I what? I usually put out the pies, the mashed potatoes, and uh, uh, make sure that we have a schedule. <laughs> That's important with seven kids. I've had your pie. Delicious. Okay. This is good to know. Um, if you have any recipes you'd like to share with listeners, send them my way. We'll get them in the show notes. But um, we're uh, not going to be talking about Thanksgiving this whole time. Uh, We actually have a a vocations story that is going to be coming out from you over at the Pillar um, talking about fostering vocations. First of all, can you just tell us um, how this article came about in the first place? Yeah. Well, of course, I do the data journalism for the Pillar, and I got an email a couple weeks ago from a lady named Rhonda Grunewald. And she is the founder of Vocation Ministry, uh, which has a site, vocationministry.com. She does workshops for dioceses around the country on helping to foster vocations. And she talks about priests and uh, lay groups on what they can do in order to try to foster both priestly vocations and vocations to the religious life. And she had some data sets on both the current state of vocations in different dioceses, which is a subject I've looked at from time to time, Mm -hmm. and also some of the factors which lead to vocations and kind of what that points to in terms of how people need to work on fostering vocations. Yeah, Rhonda has been on the Sunrise Morning Show in the past talking about some of these ideas as well. And one of her main things is just to have... A, to tell a young man to consider thinking about the priesthood and how um, it's particularly effective if a parish priest encourages a young man to think about the priesthood as as a possible vocation for him. Does does the data support that, Brendan? Yeah. So one of the things that she pointed to is uh, the center. For- for Applied Research in the Apostolate at Georgetown University, uh, CARA. They're one Mm -hmm. of the uh, organizations which does a lot of data work on the Catholic Church in the U.S. They do a study each year where they interview all of the newly ordained diocesan priests and also the religious priests, but here we're going to look at some diocesan data. And um, of those new priests last year, 71% said that... uh, they had been invited to consider a vocation to the priesthood by their parish priest. And that was the highest. They talked about other people encouraging their vocations, about parents, about friends, about fellow parishioners. But by far the highest number was that number of men who'd been encouraged to pursue a vocation by their parish priest. Hmm. And what's startling is that when Rhonda has talked with workshops of diocesan priests and said, now how many of you... Uh, have were invited to the priesthood by another priest. A lot of hands go up, and then she says, "Well, how many of you have ever inv- told a young man that he may have a vocation to the priesthood and that he should consider becoming a priest?" And very few hands go up. Wow. She said that typically it's about thirty percent of priests who have ever invited any young man to pursue the priesthood. 
And obviously that's a problem. If people aren't being invited, then they may not start that entire train of thought, which leads them to seminary. Well, it sounds so simple then, right? I mean, a parish priest just needs to encourage young guys in his parish to think about the priesthood. But why is that actually a little bit complicated for a parish priest? Well, one of the big challenges is that even once you get parish priests in that mentality that Rhonda tries to inspire in them, um, we have fewer parish priests than we used to. The number of priests in the U.S. has been going down. And uh, one of the big trends in the U.S. is towards larger parishes and larger dioceses. And so more and more Catholics are living in parishes which have a lot of parishioners. More and more Catholics are living in dioceses where the ratio of Catholics to priests is very, very high. And that means that a lot of Catholics do not have close personal relationships with their priests. They'll see them once a week at Mass. Uh, but they don't know him well, and he doesn't know them well. And that, of course, makes it a lot harder for him to have any sense of which young men might have a vocation to the priesthood or to invite anyone. And that's before you get into some of the awkwardness around priests feeling like maybe they shouldn't have super close relationships with young men because of all the worries around the scandal and so on. I was going to say there's kind of that barrier there. I was That was exactly what I was going to point out. Um I want to dive into specific numbers in in dioceses, perhaps in in a future segment, Brendan. But just to kind of lay the groundwork here, can you talk in general about the vocation situation when it comes to smaller versus larger dioceses? Yeah, so I took a look through Rhonda's data, and one of the things that really stood out to me is that if you look at dioceses in the U.S., we have a small number of dioceses that are really, really big. So the largest 21 dioceses in the U.S. have 50% of the Catholics. And in those dioceses, there's an average of 7,000 Catholics per priest. And what we saw is that for those dioceses where half of Catholics live, none of them are meeting the number of vocations they would need to maintain their number of priests. And actually, most of them are getting less than half the number of vocations they would need. Whereas in small dioceses, where only 5% of Catholics live, uh, there's a ratio of 1,000 Catholics per priest, and 60% of them are meeting their need for vocation. So we have a very big, small versus big diocese dichotomy in the vocations crisis. All right, we'll have to dive into that more the next time we get together. Brendan Hodge, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, it is half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's time for news. Israel's ambassador to the United States says his country's government is against a ceasefire, but willing to agree to a pause in fighting for the release of hostages. Speaking on ABC's This Week yesterday, Michael Herzog outlined the difference between a pause and a ceasefire. He said the pause in fighting would last for a few days to allow for a significant number of hostages to be released. He said Israel is against a ceasefire because Hamas would use it as a chance to regroup and strike again. He emphasized that Israel will continue its objective to dismantle Hamas's military and terror infrastructure. Pope Francis, meanwhile, plans to meet with families of Israelis held hostage as well as with families of Palestinians who are in Gaza. The Vatican announced the meetings will be held separately both taking place this Wednesday after his general audience. 
A Holy See spokesperson said the meetings are of an exclusively humanitarian nature, adding that the Pope's objective is to express his spiritual closeness to the suffering of each individual. Pope Francis renewed his appeal for peace around the world during his Sunday Angelus address. From Vatican Radio, Linda Bordoni reports. La pace è possibile. Ci vuole buona volontà. And he implored men and women of goodwill never to resign themselves to war. Non rassegniamoci alla guerra. Reiterating his belief already voiced on many occasions and repeating the word always three times, the Pope said, war always, always, always is a defeat. And he noted the only ones who gain from war are those who manufacture weapons. Soltanto guadagnano i fabbricatori delle armi. And during the Pope's urgent appeal, he shone the spotlight on Myanmar, where an escalation of hostilities between the country's military junta and ethnic minority armed group, the Arakan Army, have spread to various townships, where civilians have been caught in the crossfire. I renew my closeness to the dear people of Myanmar, the Pope said, who unfortunately continue to suffer from violence and suppression. I pray that they will not be discouraged and always trust in the Lord's help. Never neglecting to remember those suffering from the ongoing conflict in Ukraine and in the war between Israel and Hamas, the Pope asked for prayers for the tormented Ukraine and for the people of Palestine and Israel. E per le popolazioni di Palestina e Israele. La pace è possibile. I'm Linda Bordoni. Former First Lady Rosalind Carter, the wife of the nation's 39th president, has died. Mark Mayfield reports. The Carter Center announced she passed away Sunday afternoon at the age of 96 at her home in Plains, Georgia. She married Jimmy Carter in 1946, and they were married for 77 years. As First Lady, she was an active part of the administration, serving as the president's personal emissary to Latin American countries and even sitting in on cabinet meetings. She focused her advocacy on performing arts and improving mental health programs. I'm Mark Mayfield. The I-10 freeway in California is now back open. L.A. Mayor Karen Bass posted last night a welcome message back to L.A. residents. Five lanes in each direction were made available last night to help reduce the disruption during the Monday morning drive. More than 250 people worked on that section of the freeway 24 hours a day after a fire last Saturday. The Fulton County District Attorney is requesting an August 5th start date for the trial of former President Trump in the Georgia election interference case. Brian Shook has more. Willis said in a court filing that the date balances potential delays from Trump's other trials as well as the other defendants' constitutional speedy trial rights. Trump's lawyers said in their court filing that the former president wants to present oral arguments in opposition to the motion. Trump has continued to push for his various trials to be delayed until after the 2024 election. I'm Brian Shook. That's the news on the Sunrise Morning Show on EWTN. It's 35 minutes past the hour.
Family, please know that Sacred Heart Radio has never sold or shared our mailing list with anyone. So when you donate or sign up to receive our newsletters, be confident that Sacred Heart Radio will not sell or share your information with other organizations. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. During the hottest of weather, Schneller Knockelman will keep you cool with air conditioning repair, installation, and maintenance. Schneller Knockelman. Find us at skpha.com, skpha.com. Hi, this is John Kennedy, a State Farm agent and a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. If you need life insurance, I can help process the best options for you and your family. You can reach me at 859-485-2000 or online at johnkennedyinsurance.com. Working to see the culture of life prevail in the Miami Valley, Dayton Right to Life is here to protect God's gift of life through law, education, and community action, from fertilization to natural death. Find Dayton Right to Life online at DaytonLife.org. That's DaytonLife.org. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this Monday, November the 20th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. Be ready for a little bit of rain today. Right now, temperatures in the lower 40s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, mostly cloudy today with some spotty midday showers and a high of 51 degrees. Rain is likely at night, could be heavy at times with an overnight low of 47. Some morning rain likely tomorrow and some spotty afternoon showers, but warmer, a high of 59. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, mostly cloudy with a slight chance of a few showers and a high of 50 today. Scattered evening showers become widespread overnight with a low of 44. Cloudy with periods of rain tomorrow and a high of 55 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Bear Wozniak. You know him from Deep Adventure Radio. You may know him also from his book that just came out, 12 Rules for Manliness, Where Have All the Cowboys Gone? Bear, good morning. Good morning. Aloha. I should let you know we're, we're on our boat, the third of adventure down in the Virgin Islands. We're just about to sail away today. We spent the night on the boat, but at the, at the docks, we're about to sail off for an adventure. All right. Sounds like a, sounds like a good time to me. So, uh... I wanted to ask you, you got a, uh, a saying about hard times and soft men that I think is worth unpacking this morning. I wonder if you could share that with us. Well, I stole it. I don't know who said it, but there's a saying, soft times make for soft men. Uh, soft men make for tough times. Tough times make for tough men. And tough men make for soft times. It, it bears repeating. Try to figure out where we are in this in this. In this uh, Continuum. Soft times make for soft men. I think we've lived through that time. And then it says soft men make for tough times. I think that's where we are right now. But then it goes on to say tough times make for tough men, and tough men make for soft times. So I don't know who said this, but I think it's so well stated that we're, I think we're in a time when life is just really soft, <clears throat> and it's, it's helped men become soft. I remember. Reading a, uh, Abraham Lincoln once uh, asked someone about, he was asking about promoting someone. And the guy, his, the, the person's response was, well, he's really good under pressure. He, he can handle adversity. And then Abraham Lincoln asked, well, how is he when things are easy? And, uh, and so I think we're really in that place now. I mean, if you really want to compare yourself to how tough, uh, uh, how tough 
this for us. We do have running water. You know, we do have we do have indoor plumbing. Uh, you know, for the most part, it's the easiest any of us have ever lived, even if we're in America, especially, even if we're not uh, doing that well, uh, soft times. And so I see, do you think you see a lot of soft men out there? Yeah, I mean, the, this is... I can't help but think as you're mentioning this of uh, I believe it was Bill Burr on the Peyton and Eli Manning commentary about football and you know this this trend of people watching athletes and talking about how so and so is a terrible player and so and so is no good at quarterback and all this stuff and Bill Burr asked these guys he's like does it bother you that so many unathletic people are telling you. <laughs> <laughs> you can't play football uh, when these guys could absolutely just crush you in the backyard. But I, yeah. I was also reminded right. of, a, of a quote from G.K. Chesterton, and it's in his book Heretics. And um, I remember it struck me the first time I read it. Um, it says that there's uh, kind of three stages in the life of a, of a people. First, they're a small power, and they fight other small powers. Then they're a great power, and they fight great powers. But then they're a great power that gets kind of soft, and they fight small powers, but pretends that they are great powers in order to kind of rekindle the old flame <laughs> of of their wow. ancient emotion and, and all that. And yeah. I, sometimes I wonder if that's that's part of the problem here, too, is that we've taken stuff that is not that big of a deal and turned it in these – you know, into these like major life crises yeah. as a way of to try and give ourselves emotional yeah. about something at least. Well, you know, I, uh, you know, also, um, I think, I, I think there's been this feminization of our culture, you know, uh, where men, men tend to confront things more head on, uh, but that's not the case anymore. We, 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 we've sissified our, ourselves. We, we, uh, cancel culture. We gossip. We talk bad. We take offense. Uh, like the example that you used about complaining that this guy doesn't know how to play football, we, it, it's kind of not the manly way to do things. If a man has a problem with another man, he usually goes and confronts him. He doesn't talk bad about him and gossip about him. <laughs> There's something really cool, though. You know how the Holy Spirit just kind of presents you with really cool things sometimes when you're reading through great books? And I was just happened to be reading Augustine, and he has this quote that I think is so perfect. Um, St. Augustine said, you know, isn't he always feeling the best lines before you can even write them. You know, he plagiarizes me all the time. But St. Augustine said, bad times, hard times. This is what people keep saying. So even back then, and they were really hard times, actually, but he said, bad times, hard times. This is what people keep saying. But let us live well, and time shall be good. We are the times, such as we are, such are the times. And so instead of looking at the macro and Oh, the condition of America or the condition of the world. And just look at your own Kuliana, the, the realm that God has given you stewardship over, and live that well. I mean, I, you can yell at the evening news all you want, but what about taking your, 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 your kids uh, to the park or, or, or taking them to mass or coaching a little league team or being a, co- being a coach for a you know, high school team or, or, or teaching catechism or running for a school board? Uh, how about cherishing your wife and cherishing... Uh, your family, the people in your life. Uh, and the, the way you do that as a man is you pursue the true good through self-donation. So so what that all the, all that's going around us in the macro, we don't we can't impact. But in our own individual life, the kuleana that God's given us, we can take great stewardship. And so we can live that. But let us live well, and time shall be good. We are the time. 
such as we are such are the times. Well, I can only call out people like myself because I don't have uh, I don't have much insight into why other people do terrible things, right? I can only, I only know what my right. own temptations and vices are, but I can say yeah. if I'm not careful, I'll spend all my time talking and theorizing about theology and commenting on the internet and not be involved in my parish. Like this is like a massive temptation for Gen Xers and millennial men to grow big beards and go on the internet and spend all day commenting on theology and politics and then never do anything. Like I'm like if you're spending all your time on the internet, how can you do any of these things that you're talking about? Yeah, or, you know, you know, I hear somebody say, "Well, uh, society has marginalized this. You know, there's no role for us in the church. Uh, they make fun of us, and I, that's just a victim mentality. It's, you know, if that's happening, it's because we're letting it happen. We need as men to be relevant and, and step into the fray. And there's a word in Hawaiian. It's the word inua that my wife loves and always tells me to. To stay, it means not just strength, but it means strength moving forward. So to have fortitude, but more than that, to not just to make a stand, but to move forward uh, and uh, and uh, you know uh, push forward, make progress. We have people right now on uh, on the boat. I don't know what they're doing. People have just gotten on the boat, but yeah, we need to have strength moving forward uh, and be determined. And may, and such as the such as we live, such well our, our times will be good. Well, this is, uh, I mean, to go back to the whole unathletic people, you know, telling athletes that they're not athletic, <laughs> you know, I think also yeah. we get into a critique mentality and uh, people will go to all kinds of trouble to make a podcast talking about what they don't like about the world while never creating yeah. anything to put into it, right? The the courageous person creates the coward critiques all day, every day, yeah. <laughs> right? You can, you can just tear down all you want. That, to me, that's a very effeminate man. A man who complains and tears down. A, a real man builds. A real man makes a difference. A, a man builds. Jesus was a builder. He was a technon, right? He built. He built a, He built uh, things with his dad, and he built the church. But a real man builds. He, he, leaves a, he leaves an impression in other people's lives, and he, and he leaves a legacy behind him of, of a life well-lived and, and a positive impact on people's lives. So, yeah, we need to, we need to not... We need to stop yelling at the TV and complaining about everybody else. When you hear yourself do that, you have to realize you're acting like a sissy. Just, yeah. just man up and uh, do what needs to be done. Even if you get no recognition with it until Especially years then. after you're that's dead. The <laughs> Especially that's, then. <laughs> that's, right? the that's the best way. You don't need the recognition, but you do, after you're dead, know, want to know that, that there's people whose lives are changed for the better because it. Because you took those talents, right, and you let them grow, like we heard in the gospel from this from this weekend. Well, we've got your book, uh, Bear Linked at SunriseMorningShow.com. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Aloha. All right. Stephanie Mann joins us next. It's 14 till. Support for the Sunrise Morning Show is from Visiting Angels. Visiting Angels provides experienced, compassionate care to millions of aging adults nationwide by keeping them safe and healthy in the comfort of their own home. Whether it's a short break for caregivers or for long-term assistance, Visiting Angels provides hygiene, meals, light housework, companionship, and more. And services are available up to 24 hours per day. Visiting Angels, online at visitingangels.com. That's visitingangels.com. Franchise opportunities available. Do you feel as though life is flying past you? Are you desperate for a way to find moments of peace and quiet? 
Lord, Teach Me to Pray, the free Ignatian prayer series will open your heart to His voice, to the peace you're seeking, and the only love that fulfills the human heart, Jesus. God is calling you to true joy, knowing Jesus personally. Lord, Teach Me to Pray is free. Just go to lordteachmetopray.com and click on the red box. That's lordteachmetopray.com. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. Hi, this is Mike Aquilino with a few words about St. Irenaeus. It's only recently that Pope Francis has declared him to be a doctor of the church. And this is unusual because he's been dead for many centuries, almost two millennia. But I think he's a man for our time because he's teaching us to think, to have an educated faith, to know the reasons for what we believe and then present those to a skeptical world. On the next More to Life, all stressed up for the holidays. Worried about holiday get-togethers? We'll help you find your peace. That's later today on More to Life. Now back to the Sunrise Morning Show. 12 Till, here's Anna with headlines. Former First Lady Rosalind Carter, the wife of Jimmy Carter, our nation's 39th president, has died. She was 96 years old. Pope Francis plans to meet with families of Israelis being held hostage as well as with families of Palestinians who are in Gaza on Wednesday this week. And the Holy Father yesterday celebrated Mass for the World Day of the Poor. You can hear news at the top and bottom of each hour right here on the Sunrise Morning Show. Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Stephanie Mann. You can read her blog over at supremacyandsurvival.blogspot.com. Good morning, Stephanie. Good morning, Anna. Hey, so since we've been asking all our regulars, what's your job at Thanksgiving? Were you prepared for this? <laughs> oh, my job at Thanksgiving? Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm driving my sister so she can see her daughter and, and grandchildren. So that's, that's part of the job. And then I think I'm in charge of... Uh, keeping the peace <laughs> otherwise <laughs> by keeping my mouth shut most of the time <laughs> that's fantastic that is an important job to have that is for sure so you have a, a very helpful primer at the top of your blog yes. post uh, this week for uh, father henry sebastian bowden's mementos of the english martyrs and confessors um, talking about two second chance confessors this week. But anyway, this this little primer. So the Tudor dynasty lasted from Henry the seventh through Elizabeth the first five monarchs mm -hmm. uh, starting in eight, uh, 18, 1485 when Henry the right. seventh managed to find some unity um, as it were after the War mm -hmm. of the Roses until the death of Elizabeth the first in 1603. So that's almost very good. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Almost 150 years worth of tutors. And from a religious standpoint, 
That was uh, rather yeah. head spinning 150 years or so. Yes. Luckily, not many people lived 150 years, but if someone did, they'd go from being Catholic to being pseudo-Catholic to being Calvinist to being Catholic to being Anglican. I mean, it, it, yeah. it would just be a whirlwind. The mass would be in, the mass would be out, the mass would be in, the mass would be out. And so just things like that would be so confusing. But And, and we also have to remember that the, kind of the crux, though, of much of the discussion of the English Reformation comes down to who has the authority mm-hmm. over spiritual matters. And of course, for centuries and centuries after in the Catholic Church, the Pope and the bishops have had the authority over spiritual matters. And what the monarch, what, what Henry VIII said in, in place is the monarch having the control over the spiritual matters. The only one who who didn't actually claim this authority was Mary I. She did not take the title of supreme head of, head or governor of the church in England. She left that to the Pope and to his representative, the Archbishop of Canterbury, Richard Reginald Pole. So yes, that is one of the things is the matter of authority. And what these two men, uh, Bishop uh, Cuthbert Tunstall and Bishop Richard Pate demonstrate in their careers is that they had different reactions to what that what that change in authority meant. Tun went along with it for a while, and Pate didn't really for, I mean, he, he uh, was in uh, Henry VIII's uh, ambassadorship in, in Spain, and he showed signs that he me- immediately saw the difficulty with this change in the authority structure of the church. And And it is a really interesting question, like how far... Um, when you when you put yourself in these times, I mean, it's easy to to look back on it mm-hmm. now from from our standpoint, where where we really um, have a, a great degree of of religious freedom and and can look to mm-hmm. the Pope and enjoy the enjoy the authority. Um, but when you're a bishop in this time, where it's going back and forth and back and forth with all this whiplash. You really have to decide how important that that matter of authority is for you. Yes, and I thought when you bringing that up, that that the quotes that that uh, Father Bout gives us about Bishop Tunstall uh, uh, focusing on Saint Thomas More and Reginald Pole, because he he and More were friends; they knew each other. Of course, More stood for the unity of the Catholic Church. Tunstall took the oath of supremacy. And when he wrote a letter to uh, Reginald Pohl, Pohl replied that uh, your friends Fisher and Moore were not of so vile a mind as to not know why they died. Mm. God send you a livelier spirit in his honor. Mm. Because uh, Tunstall said, well, maybe it isn't worth dying for. The un- basically saying the unity of the church is not worth dying for. Maybe it's all right to have the, the secular monarch in charge of the spiritual matters of the church. I don't know. And so that was polls reply to him and uh, that was uh, an interesting uh, quote that that uh, bishop uh, that father uh, bowden found uh, to put in that that section on on uh, tunstall could you imagine standing firm or wavering that was the question yeah and can you imagine receiving that reply from a man who's in <laughs> exile who um so what changed for them 
what, I, what changed particularly for uh, Tunstall was he saw the changes that came when another monarch came in, uh, Edward VI, who was actually a minor, but the changes that were coming to the church were definitely Calvinist, the mass, the ch- priesthood, the whole system of, of salvation, the whole you know definition of salvation, all that doctrine was changing. And then he realized, I cannot, as a bishop and as an ordinary, support this. So he ended up in prison during Edward VI's reign. And then, so that, that was what changed it for him. For Richard Pate, again, he seems to be a little bit different. His It seemed to him that I think what he realized was the injustice being done to the Princess Mary, because when he was at at uh, Charles V's court in Spain, the uh, future Holy Roman Empire, Emperor, he opposed the changes that were being made to the succession. And of course, that's the whole purpose of Henry VIII's Reformation was the succession. And right. so he was in danger. And so he went to Rome immediately and was reconciled to the church and actually participated in the Council of Trent. So he did take a little bit different path. But that was is just interesting that his was not so much the doctrinal, but maybe realizing this man has so much power now. He can make and destroy lives as he has as, as he was doing, and maybe he, that's why he saw it. We don't get kind of the, that much insight from from Father Bowden, and I couldn't find it that much more uh, another research. But it seems like that was kind of the issue there is the injustice that was being done, people's yeah. lives being turned upside down, Absolutely. too much power in one man's hand. Way, way too much power in one man's hand. We've been talking to Stephanie Mann. You can find her blog linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Pick up a copy of her book through there, Supremacy and Survival. And we have been going through Father Henry Sebastian Bowden's Mementos of the English Martyrs and Confessors, which you can find through Sophia Institute Press and also linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Stephanie, thank you so much. Great. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. And to you as well. Thank you very much. All right, that'll do it for this national edition of the Sunrise Morning Show. We'll talk to you again tomorrow, EWTN. Until then, may God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. If you're planning to give an end-of-the-year gift to Sacred Heart Radio, we are grateful. And there are several ways to give, including a stock gift through your IRA or a donor-advised fund. There's planned giving, employee matching funds. You can send a check, donate online, and more. Contact your financial advisor for more information on the tax benefits of donating to Sacred Heart Radio. And to see and read about all the ways to give, visit sacredheartradio.com and click on Ways to Give. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors. Equipped with the latest technology and market knowledge, Hoting Realtors can make the buying and selling process easier. 513-451-4800 and Hoting.com. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. Diamond and CBN are the most advanced cutting tools because they are the hardest materials known. These enable you to machine three to eight times faster compared to carbide, while reducing downtime for tool changes by 90%. Improve your productivity when machining hard, cast, and powdered metals or difficult-to-machine materials. Find out more at theabrasiveone.com. That's the number one, theabrasiveone.com. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org. 
Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Gate of Heaven Cemetery, serving the Archdiocese of Cincinnati for 76 years. They extend their heartfelt thanks to the community for entrusting Gate of Heaven to assist them during their time of sorrow. Share the gift of gratitude with your loved ones this Thanksgiving by attending a pre-planning seminar November 21st at 11 a.m., 2 p.m., or 6 p.m. More information at 513-489-0300 or email community at gateofheaven.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from J.C. Health Insurance agent George Justin. If you're turning 65, retiring, or simply have Medicare questions, George has answers. George is your pro-family, pro-life guide to Medicare, helping to simplify your transition by guiding you through the options to find a plan that meets your unique needs, all at no cost to you. Find out more from George Johnston at J.C. Health Insurance, 859-414-6591. That's 859-414-6591. You rely on your car, so rely on the experts at Fort Mitchell Garage, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. They can do it all from brakes, tires, and heating and cooling to towing and collision repair and more. Fort Mitchell Garage on Dixie Highway and Park Hills. On the web at fortmitchellgarage.com. This is Archbishop Dennis Schnur from the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Arise, it's a new day. We continue on this Monday, the 20th of November, in prayer together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, the faithful departed were baptized into an eternal inheritance. Speed their entrance into everlasting communion with you. Have pity on those souls who have no one to pray for them. Draw them ever closer to your divine presence. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and may perpetual light shine upon them. Father of all who are perfectly just and perfectly merciful, remember your covenant with your children, that those souls who linger in purgatory for their purification may be swiftly drawn to perfect happiness with the saints of heaven. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. It is a better way to continue through a Monday morning, the Sunrise Morning Show. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. Today we talked to David Kissel about stewardship and Thanksgiving. And guess what? The more grateful you are, the more likely you are to be generous. And David's going to make some of those connections with the stewardship department for the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. Dr. Leonard DeLorenzo continues through some of the questions that Jesus asks in the scriptures today. Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath? We'll talk to Chris Frank from the Eucharistic Congress. Also, also, Dr. Jim Schrader will join us from the Diocese of Evansville this morning. So please do stay with us if you can. Right now it is two minutes past. News of service of Bridgetown Finer Meats and BridgetownFinerMeats.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning, former First Lady Rosalind Carter, the wife of Jimmy Carter, the nation's 39th president, has died. The Carter Center announced she passed away yesterday afternoon at the age of 96 at her home in Plains, Georgia. She married Jimmy Carter back in 1946. They were married for 77 years. As First Lady, she was an active part of the administration, serving as 
President Carter's personal emissary to Latin American countries and sitting in on cabinet meetings. She focused her advocacy as First Lady on performing arts and improving mental health programs. The U.S. is brokering a deal with Israel and Hamas to pause the war in Gaza and allow some hostages to be freed. People familiar with the negotiations tell the Washington Post that Israel and Hamas are close to an agreement and that dozens of women and children currently held hostage in Gaza could start being released within the next several days. The report says the six-page deal would require Israel and Hamas to freeze combat operations for at least five days while up to 50 hostages are released in small groups every 24 hours. The pause would allow for humanitarian aid to enter Gaza as well. Pope Francis plans to meet with families of Israelis being held hostage, as well as with family members of Palestinians who are in Gaza. Mark Mayfield has the story. The Vatican announced the meetings will be held separately, and both will take place this Wednesday after a general audience with the Pope. A Holy See spokesperson said the meetings are of an exclusively humanitarian nature. The spokesperson added that the Pope's objective is to express his spiritual closeness to the suffering of each individual. I'm Mark Mayfield. Pope Francis celebrated Mass yesterday for the World Day of the Poor. From Vatican Radio, Thaddeus Jones reports. In his homily during the Mass for the World Day of the Poor, Pope Francis reflected on two aspects of the Sunday Gospel reading recounting the parable of the talents the journey of Jesus, and the journey of our own lives. Describing the journey of Jesus in his incarnation, resurrection, and ascension to heaven, Pope Francis said Jesus has left us his wealth, recalling the Eucharist, his words of life, his Holy Mother to be our Mother, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He explained how all these gifts or talents are freely offered so that we can continue his work on earth in our own personal mission that the Lord entrusts to us in our daily lives, in society and in the church. The journey of Jesus will continue at the end of time when he returns in glory, the Pope recalled, in order to settle the accounts of history and bring us into the joy of eternal life. And it's therefore important that we ask ourselves, in what state will the Lord find us when he returns? Pope said, we've received from the Lord the gift of his love and we're called to become a gift for others. The love with which Jesus cared for us, the balm of his mercy, the compassion with which he tended our wounds, the flame of the Spirit by which he filled our hearts with joy and hope. The Pope said all these are treasures that we cannot simply keep to ourselves. Recalling the great suffering in our world and the scandal of widespread poverty, the Pope explained how today's gospel speaks loudly and clearly that we must spread the wealth of charity. The Pope said when we think of the immense numbers of the poor in our midst, the message of today's gospel is clear. Let us not bury the wealth of the Lord. Let us spread the wealth of charity, share our bread, and multiply love. I'm Thaddeus Jones. The I-10 freeway in California is now back open. L.A. Mayor Karen Bass posted yesterday a welcome back message to L.A. residents. Five lanes in each direction were made available last night to help reduce the disruption during the Monday morning drive. More than 250 people worked on the section of the freeway 24 hours a day after a fire last Saturday. Officials are still looking into the case of the blaze and have released person, pictures of a person of interest in the case. They do believe this was an arson. That stretch of road handles nearly 300,000 vehicles per day. Paul. 
I'm curious of your thoughts. Put your headphones on so we can talk. Okay, there we go. Okay, I'm now here. Now you're listening. 3,000. Uh... 300,000 vehicles per day. Where is this? In L.A. I'm wondering, yeah. like, yeah. what do you think is the busiest stretch of highway in the Cincinnati Dayton area? Uh, it's got to be. It's got to be seventy-five, right? I mean, seventy-five. That's, yeah, you think right seventy-one, there, right seventy-five the, going north? Right by the bridge, I'd assume. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, maybe coming into. Do you think Cincinnati? it gets anywhere near three hundred thousand vehicles nowhere a day? Close, no. No. The Brent Spence Bridge would be in the river if Ugh. there were 300,000 vehicles per day going across the Ohio River. We'd have the smallest problem, too, wouldn't we? Real to me. Ugh. That is so many vehicles. Anyway. It would be a lot longer of a traffic report. Whew. Yeah, thank God we don't have to do L.A. traffic. You know, things to be grateful for. We're going to be talking about gratitude yeah, with David could. here in a couple of minutes. I am grateful that I don't have to do L.A. traffic. Yeah. Grateful that I get to hear Paul Lockman's sports reports, too. Oh, Even when blush. there's not a whole lot to talk about on a Monday morning. Sports yeah. brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. About uh, college hoops, uh, Cincinnati remains undefeated on the season. 90-66 win over NKU. Bearcats 4-0 host Georgia Tech on Wednesday night. Musketeers also winners. They knocked off uh, number 24 St. Mary's 66-49 in Las Vegas. Musketeers Sit at three and two, and will host Bryant on Friday. Bryant just knocked off Florida Atlantic over the weekend. Tenth uh, ranked Florida Atlantic. Also, uh, Dayton fell to number six Houston, sixty nine fifty five. Ohio State uh, won in college hoops uh, over Western Michigan, seventy three fifty six. They definitely won in college football, <laughs> uh, beating Michigan State 38-3. No, Minnesota. Minnesota. Wow. Huh. I knew that, but my copy says Michigan State. I don't know why. Michigan yeah, they State beat the Gopher. It's true. And uh, they now play this other Michigan team, I guess, mm-hmm. on Saturday. It is a road game, Anna I Mitchell. Know. And I think uh, the Wolverines opened up as one-point favorites. One-point favorites, huh? Pretty much a pick them. Wow. There you go. Wow. And uh, I'm I'm done with I sports. Mean, I really yeah. When you're, I really Bengals didn't play. Yep. Bengals still five and Joe five. Joe Burrow out for the season. Out White? for the season. Yeah, with a wrist injury. We knew this. Oh we, my gosh, we David had to is Carson this. just like devastated. Yeah. Yeah. Much. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's it's tough times, but. We're we're we got to be uh, we got to be grateful. Did you we're see Joe Flacco five. joined the Cleveland Browns practice squad? Yeah, it's also on my paper right here. It's actually just that that's all that it says is Joe Flacco joins <laughs> Browns practice squad. Not a whole lot else to say uh, about that. Browns did win over the Steelers. They picked up their third straight win mm-hmm. with a no, thirteen to ten uh, slugfest, as they yeah. they describe it. And yeah, their their offense looked bad, but the Browns are. Uh, they're one of the best defensive teams in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Wow. Let's uh let's things move. you never thought you'd hear on I tell you, Cleveland's scary. Yeah. I, I I'm afraid of Cleveland. The fact that they don't have a quarterback is the only thing that uh yeah. helps me get some sleep at night. Let's get the traffic uh traffic a service of Larkin Cobb, Chevrolet, Buick, and GMC in Eaton, Ohio. 
on the web at LarkinCobb.com. Take it away, Anna Mitchell. Yeah, we got a problem on northbound 75 at Galbraith. The left two lanes blocked, and so you've got stop-and-go traffic back to the 74 interchange. The traffic map is estimating about an hour delay, so it might even be worth it if you're able to to go south and head across Fort Washington Way to 71 at this point because, uh, yeah, the slowdown starts at 74, so you'd be waiting to get on to the Norwood lateral. Anyway, just a thought. Southbound 75 uh, looks like an onlooker's delay going through the Lachlan split, but that's it. Uh, lighter traffic, you can expect lighter traffic, I think, all this week. Um, irregular traffic patterns, if you will, because of people traveling for Thanksgiving later this week. All right, now, taking a look at weather. You want to be ready for some rain today. Mostly cloudy skies in Cincinnati with some spotty midday showers and a high today of 51 degrees. Rain is likely tonight, could be heavy at times with an overnight low of 47. Some morning rain likely tomorrow with spotty afternoon showers and a high tomorrow warmer, a high of 59 degrees. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, mostly cloudy with a slight chance of a few showers later today, a high of 50. Scattered evening showers becoming widespread overnight with a low of 44. Some clouds tomorrow with periods of rain and a high tomorrow of 55 degrees. Today is Monday, November the 20th. Happy to have you along with us here on the Sunrise Morning Show on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio, 7.40 a.m., 9.10 a.m. Listen to us live online at sacredheartradio.com. Download our app. Love to have you as part of the app family. Find the links over at our site. David Kissel back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show from the Stewardship Department for the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. Good morning, David. Good to see you. Good morning, Anna. What is your job at Thanksgiving? Well, Carson's trying to get me to make what he calls my famous macaroni and cheese that oh. I attempted in the uh, the COVID years a few years ago that turned out to be a complete disaster <laughs> that Christy had to bail me out and help me to bring uh, something edible. But uh, yeah. Can I ask the recipe for this famous macaroni and cheese? It was, it's just, he pulled it off some YouTube uh food guy network thing and just a bunch of cheese dumped in this pan and it just didn't work didn't look as good as it did in the video but hmm. i don't know i'm still debating whether to try to pull it off i'm probably thinking not i'll just be <laughs> an extra set of hands to wherever i can help nice just do what you're told right that's, you know that's fair right that's fair so we are going to be talking about thanksgiving in light of our conversations on stewardship as a way of life so just in general David, how does stewardship relate to Thanksgiving? Yeah, so Thanksgiving provides a uh, wonderful opportunity to reflect on a life of stewardship. You know, a lot of times we think of stewardship, we just think of a once a year program that a parish might roll out and ask people to think about the ways they give their time, their talent, and their treasure. But it's at the core of stewardship, it's a recognition that, that everything is a gift from God. He's entrusted every minute of every day um, to us. Everything is a gift. So stewardship is really helping us to, to shape our perspective and recognizing that we are, we're simply stewards of our lives, that God is, is the owner. God is the giver of everything we have. And in Thanksgiving, because he's given us everything, we respond. You know, and stewardship really is, it's, it's an expression of our discipleship. So we respond in ways 
you know, to shape our lives to live as Christ. Christ is the model of stewardship. So Thanksgiving is just that that great time of year where everyone, you know, it seems like we're we're all trying to slow down a little bit, trying to reflect on the many blessings in our lives and saying, how are we living um, as God's calling us to live? So I always I think say there's kind of three three questions we can think about. We say, what does God bless me with? You know, add up and think about all the many blessings in our lives. What am I doing with those blessings? How am I using those? Um, and thirdly, is how I'm using the blessings that God gives me the way he wants me to use those blessings. So That's the key question. Key right question. There. Am I conforming my life to God's will and how I'm living? Yeah. Well, let's uh, dive into gratitude a little bit more because, of course, this is a time when when we, we really try to refocus on what there is to be grateful for in our lives. And so when it comes to gratitude, I mean, what is the importance of gratitude when it comes to living a life of stewardship? It's it's the starting point. You know, starting point for stewardship is a recognition of, of the, the many blessings and gifts from God. And I'll never forget a homily several years ago on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, my, my pastor, Father Don, he, he posed the question. He said, what if you woke up tomorrow with only the things you gave thanks for today? Oh, and it was kind of a, like, hmm, kind of moment of really thinking about, am I giving, truly giving thanks to God for the many blessings in my lives, in my life each and every day? You know, at, at all points throughout the day, but especially in you know, reflecting on on the day, you know, towards towards the evening before going to bed, of what did God bless me with today, and, and being grateful for those. You know, we all love our our Father Mike Schmidt's videos that are mm-hmm. that are abundant throughout the, the internet. But I was recently watching one on gratitude, and he said it's it's not a matter of waiting to feel grateful. You know, it's an it's an intentional choice. You know, to be grateful in, in all things. And he quoted Saint Paul. Where he said it. St. Paul says, in everything, give thanks. So it's, it's really thinking about everything we have to be grateful for and making that choice to live, to live differently and, and recognizing everything comes from God to do so. Well, and that choice can be so hard sometimes when it's so easy to focus on what I want, what I don't have, things that aren't working in my life, things that need to be fixed. So... How does being dedicated to a life of stewardship, David, give us a different perspective on those things? Yeah, so it gives us the, uh, you know, it's a switch from that perspective of scarcity. You know, we're always thinking about what's missing, what needs to be fixed in life to a a perspective of abundance. Mm. That uh, gratitude, when we practice gratitude and, you know, provide that, that habit in our lives, we begin to see that perspective of abundance you know, I, I would think about uh, years ago, you mentioned Carson earlier, but uh, Carson, when uh, Charlie came on the scene, when Charlie was born many years ago, Carson was you know, four or so, four or five, and Charlie rolled around to his first birthday, and i never forget Carson kind of piped up, you know, he's seen his little brother getting all these cool toys and different things, you know, and he's kind of like, what about me? And he's like, well, just remember, everybody, this is also the day we celebrate that, that I became a big brother. Oh, You know, so it's like, <laughs> hey, don't forget... So it's just the the, uh, the importance of even in some of those struggles, maybe those times where things aren't the way we would like them to be, there's still something to be be grateful for yeah. and to find that. And Christy reminds our family that often. We've got to find the joy amidst the suffering, you know, amidst the hardship. Mm-hmm. There's always something to be grateful for, you know, no matter what state in life we may be, we may be in. Um, and, and if we ever need a reminder of, of what, you know, to be grateful or just how much God loves us, 
we simply look at a crucifix. Mm. We simply look at the cross and see this is just how much God loves us. He gave his one and only son for us to give us life, to hear and provide us with that path to live with him in eternity forever. Well, let's keep going with these tips here, David. What other ways um, can we, from a practical standpoint, sustain gratitude beyond like just thinking about it around the Thanksgiving table? Sure. So, I, and this is not one that I practice, but I know I knew I should be. But <laughs> a, uh, I was with a kind of a men's group recently, and we were talking about just living on our faith. And uh, one of the guys said, "Yeah, I, I review my gratitude list every day." I'm like, wow, you really have one of those. That's that's cool. Nice. You know, to, to be intentional about writing things down that we're grateful for and on a daily basis reviewing that, it's a great reminder. I mean, I'm probably guilty of simply just thinking about it, but when we put it to paper, that's a, a great reminder every day to review. So a gratitude list is one. Um, in our family, you know, praying before meals, um, all meals is very important. And, I, you know, it's, it's a... Uh, I feel like every time we say grace before a meal, it really gets me thinking about we are we do have something so to be grateful for here that we have food on our table, that we're here together as a family, um, and it really just puts things into perspective. So, saying grace before meals very important. Um, I saw uh, just googling some of the things and researching this a little bit. Somebody said write more thank you notes, mm. emails, and text um, nice. to people. So really be intentional about trying to write and say thank you to people. And then, uh, you know, we think about our, our, especially within our faith, the word Eucharist means Thanksgiving. So when we think about, you know, intentionally when we come to Mass, you know, to be prayerful about bringing our, our uh, the, the things that we're grateful for, things that are on our hearts that we want to give thanks to God, bringing those as offerings to our Lord at every Mass and just giving thanks and, you know, laying before them spiritually at, at the altar and just saying, Lord, I'm just so grateful for everything that you've You've given me in my life, and especially I'm grateful for the gift of my faith. You know, you gave us this gift to love you, to, to turn our lives to you so that we can, you know, be in communion with you and to live for forever and eternity. So just bringing those gifts, those things to be grateful for in Mass in each and every time we, we celebrate the Eucharist. We've been talking to David Kissel. You can find the Stewardship Department for the Archdiocese of Cincinnati linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Great, great thoughts from you today, David. Thank you so much. So grateful for our segments together. Absolutely. Thanks, Anna. You bet. All right. It's uh, 20 past now on the Sunrise Morning Show. we got traffic and weather coming up next. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home to Faith. And Father Robert Nixon will discuss St. Albert the Great's book, The Paradise of the Soul. Alvin Louie will talk about the media infiltration promoting the woke agenda. I'll reflect on coping with the growing darkness in the world. With frequent traffic and weather to get you home safely. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. Good food can still be fast food. Bridgetown Finer Meats, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, has a convenient online store at BridgetownFinerMeats.com. They're all your favorite prepared foods like their delicious homemade soups, beef barbecue, chicken and stuffing, and sweet potato casserole, all available at a click of a button for same-day pickup. They also have high-quality fresh meats like pork, veal, chicken, beef, and seafood, and even produce. Fast, convenient shopping on the go at BridgetownFinerMeats.com. 
Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. St. Vincent de Paul, Northern Kentucky, understands the importance of a helping hand when life becomes difficult. Through the grace of God and the amazing generosity of volunteers and donors, St. Vincent de Paul, Northern Kentucky, has been able to provide over $200,000 in rent and utility assistance to nearly 2,000 neighbors in need in the last 12 weeks alone. The prayer is to continue to faithfully serve those in need well into the future. To learn how you can help, visit svdpnky.org and follow along on social media. I'm Guy. I'm Mara. And I'm Patrick. And we're the Cagney family with Coldwell Banker Realty. We support Sacred Heart Radio. And we help buyers and sellers trying to find their dream homes in Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, and Florida. 513-347-1888 to talk to the Cagney family. 23 minutes past the hour now, and this traffic report is a service of Rose Automotive pre-owned vehicles on Erie Highway in Hamilton on the web at roseautomotivegroup.com. Happy to report that the accident on northbound 75 at Galbraith has been cleared. You are still dealing with a backup that has yet to burn off completely, so you're slow back to 74, but it won't be as terrible of a time delay as it was the last time I gave you a traffic report. Southbound 75 remains a little slow heading through the Lachlan split. And then northbound 71, you are on the brakes from the Norwood lateral up toward Kenwood. Not going to be a terrible time delay for you, but maybe a couple of extra minutes. Now, for weather, mostly cloudy with some spotty midday showers today in Cincinnati with a high of 51 degrees. Rain is likely tonight. Could be heavy at times with an overnight low of 47. Some morning rain likely tomorrow, then spotty afternoon showers and a high of 59. For the Miami Valley, Dayton area, mostly cloudy today. Slight chance of a few showers later with a high of 50. Scattered evening showers becoming widespread overnight with a low of 44. Cloudy with periods of rain tomorrow and a high of 55. Now please pray with me the prayer for Ohio. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Ever-living God, you give life and desire a future for all your children. Take hold of our nation's state and community and awaken in every heart all for the gift of life. Send your spirit to strengthen us with wisdom and fortitude as we defend mothers and children in Ohio from laws that disregard their health and safety. Mary and Joseph trusted in you and welcomed Jesus into our broken world. Father, we ask their intercession to protect the preborn and their mothers and to guide all parents in raising their children. May they help us build a civilization of love by upholding the sacredness of life, preserving parental rights, and accompanying pregnant women in need. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady, Mother of the Family, Pray for us. St. Joseph, protector of the unborn, pray for us. Dr. Leonard DeLorenzo joins us next. It's 25 past. Attention Sacred Heart Radio volunteers. Wednesday, December 6th is our Advent Pledge Drive. And we need volunteers to answer phones from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. that day. If you can help, even for an hour, call 513-731-7740. Or visit sacredheartradio.com and click volunteer. We need your help to raise $60,000 on Wednesday, December 6th. If you can answer phones anytime that day, please visit sacredheartradio.com and click volunteer. Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon. 
What makes this marriage prep program unique is you will have two days as a couple to delve into important subjects that will affect your relationship together for the rest of your lives. More time for prayer and reconciliation and closing the weekend with Mass. More information is at cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. That's cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Twin Dental of Cincinnati. Since 1986, twin brothers Drs. David and Michael Rothen have been providing superior dental care in a relaxed and comfortable setting for the entire family. The twin dental doctors utilize advanced dentistry techniques from sedation to implants and the latest in cosmetic options to preserve and beautify smiles. Twin Dental, located just off the I-275 exit at Hamilton Avenue. For a complimentary evaluation, 513-825-6111 and online at twindental.com. Sacred Heart Radio is blessed to have the support of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick GMC in Eaton, Ohio, offering a wide range of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs with on-site financing. Larkin Cobb, close to Eaton, Richmond, Dayton, and Brookville, on the web at LarkinCobb.com. With us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Dr. Leonard De Lorenzo with the McGrath Institute for Church Life at Notre Dame. He's host of the Church Life Today podcast and author of the book we've been going through together, A God Who Questions from Our Sunday Visitor. Good morning, Dr. De Lorenzo. Good morning, Annie. It's good to have you back. And today's question from Jesus concerns the Sabbath. This is Mark chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Again, he entered the synagogue, and a man was there who had a withered hand, and they watched him to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, come here. And he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to kill? But they were silent, and he looked around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart, and said to the man, stretch out your hand he stretched it out and his hand was restored the pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the herodians against him how to destroy him wow destroy jesus because he healed a guy on the sabbath but can you tell us first dr de lorenzo like the purpose of this commandment i mean it's one of the ten commandments to keep holy the sabbath Ultimately, I I suppose we could say the purpose of the commandment is for Israel and then following them, all of us, to remember the Lord's deeds of liberation and mercy upon us. For Israel, it is the reminder of the Lord's deed of liberation in Exodus, where they observe and recall the way in which God led them out of slavery into freedom. It instituted when God gives them the manna in the desert. Of course, it's reflected back in the first creation account when the Lord in six days creates and orders the entire cosmos, and then on the seventh day observes a day of rest. But there is no work that follows that day of rest. It is the culmination of all those days of work. And so for Israel in their six days of work and their seventh day of rest, that seventh day of rest, in other words, is what it's all for. It's all for worship. It's all for the remembrance of God's deeds. It is all for living and giving in mercy. So then talk about why the Lord of the Sabbath would do this good work on the Sabbath. And that's 
in some ways what the Pharisees are seeing. I think there's a way in which when we encounter this passage, we are brought into a pharisaical vision. We mm-hmm. come to see this as a test, which is to say, here is uh, a sort of scenario. And what this is really about is to see if this man, Jesus, will break the Mosaic law. But what we don't see is what Jesus sees, which is a man who is in need and indeed in need of mercy. And so when the Pharisees look upon this scenario, they don't see a man. They see, they don't see a suffering man. What they see is a test of their own religious observance. It's a way of seeing their own righteousness. And so they're waiting to see if Jesus will act as a physician, if he will do something on this Sabbath, and therefore, in their vision, break this prohibition against work, which ought to be and ought to lead to worship. But of course, Jesus turns this all on his head because he sees what's really at stake. Yeah, absolutely. So how does this then open up to us as as Christians the, the true meaning and purpose of the Lord's day for us? What Jesus sees here is a man who is in need of mercy. And in fact, the way of seeing this, I think, through Jesus's eyes and not the Pharisees' eyes, is that worship of the Lord is intended for all. And this man who brings forth his own suffering is indeed uh, sort of engaging in an act of worship. The one before him is the Lord with the power to heal him, and he offers his suffering. He makes it known to him. This is something that we ourselves today can and should do in our worship. Bring our needs, bring our sufferings to the Lord. That's a way of honoring and worshiping the Lord. But what Jesus does here is also an act of worship, we could say. He has mercy on the one who is suffering. He does something to alleviate and heal that suffering. Now, we ourselves, when we encounter those who might be crippled, who might have the withered hands around us, we may not have the power to take away their ailment directly, but we do have the power to alleviate their suffering in some way, to join them in their condition and to be one with them. That is to say, to exercise mercy. And so from both sides, what the man does in presenting his suffering and what Jesus does in alleviating the suffering are two sides of a, sim- of a single act of worship. Worship really is about communion, being one together with the Lord and with one another. So what we see here, I think, is the beginning, sort of the carving out of a Eucharistic worship, to receive from the Lord and to give back to the Lord. And by giving back to the Lord, we give to one another the, wor- the mercy that is needed. So you mean to tell me that when Father says, go forth, the Mass is ended, he doesn't mean go forth to sit on the couch and watch the football game by yourself? Well, I mean, it, sometimes I take it that way, but no, <laughs> I, know, I think right? really it's it's not supposed to be that. That's true, that we are to respond to the gift we receive by giving in kind. Of course, we can't generate the charity that the Lord generates, which comes from nothing, which comes only from his will. What we do is we respond to the Lord's charity. And I imagine this man who once presented his suffering to the Lord is now free to worship even more fully because he can offer his gratitude as well. And perhaps his vision will be liberated from the bind of the Pharisees, the Pharisees who only see a test. This man will now see the opportunities perhaps to be about the alleviation of other suffering in response to the deed that the Lord did for him. That is an act of worship. And that 
truly is what time is for, what the Sabbath preserves and points to. And certainly you can use the time of the football game to practice, maybe invite people over and and allow that to be a time of, of greater communion. I mean, just to kind of bring it around, because sure. I don't think that God begrudges us our football games. Um, that was that was meant to be a joke. But if it but if it's just right. sitting down to, you know, sit down. Um, I mean, not that even that is bad all the time, but if that's all we're doing, then yeah, we mm. we got some waking up to do. Well, I suppose you get at the very least this year, maybe root for the Carolina Panthers. That would be an act of mercy. An act of they're, mercy. They're, they're in need of help with no first round pick coming in the near oh, future. Oh yeah. So. Or how about my Cincinnati Bengals? Well, I didn't want to bring it up. Yeah. Well. I know. Thank you. Pray for Hard us. Hard days. Yes. Yeah. All right. It is. We'll do. It is. I'll pray for. Well. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of hard for just me to pray, pray. Just pray for the bagels. That would be <laughs> yeah, okay. exactly. All right. <laughs> We've been talking to Dr. Leonard DeLorenzo. You can find his book, A God Who Questions, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Have a great Thanksgiving. You Bye-bye. too. Thank you. All right. It's 35 minutes past the hour now. It's time for news. Former First Lady Ros- Rosalind Carter, the wife of Jimmy Carter, the 39th president of the U.S., has died. The Carter Center announced she passed away yesterday afternoon at the age of 96 at her home in Plains, Georgia. She married Jimmy in 1946, and they were married for 77 years. As First Lady, she was an active part of the administration, serving as the president's personal emissary to Latin American countries and sitting in on cabinet meetings. She focused her advocacy as First Lady on performing arts and improving mental health programs. The U.S. is brokering a deal with Israel and Hamas to pause the war in Gaza and allow some hostages to be freed. People familiar with negotiations tell the Washington Post that Israel and Hamas are close to an agreement and that dozens of women and children are currently held hostage in Gaza that could start being released within the next several days. The report says the six-page deal would require Israel and Hamas to freeze combat operations for at least five days, while up to 50 hostages are released in small groups every 24 hours. The pause would also allow for humanitarian aid to enter Gaza. Pope Francis this week plans to meet with families of Israelis being held hostage and with family members of Palestinians who are in Gaza. Mark Mayfield reports. The Vatican announced the meetings will be held separately and both will take place this Wednesday after a general audience with the Pope. A Holy See spokesperson said the meetings are of an exclusively humanitarian nature. The spokesperson added that the Pope's objective is to express his spiritual closeness to the suffering of each individual. I'm Mark Mayfield. And a town in Iceland is bracing for a major volcanic eruption. All 3,800 residents have been forced to evacuate from the small town of Grindavik after a huge crack in the earth began to spread last week. The seismic activity triggered hundreds of earthquakes and tremors in the region. Can you just imagine? Yikes. That's horrifying. Yeah, I saw yeah. a picture of that. That is just a giant crack in the uh, in the in I the mean, earth. Yeah, in the, in the foundation earth. of your town. That wow. is horrifying. Horrifying. Well, pray for them for sure. Eight thirty-seven now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Take it away, Paul.
Well, I thank you very much. Uh, there is uh, problems to be had for my Columbus Blue Jackets. They are in a tailspin. The Blue Jackets fell to the Flyers 5-2 to two in Philadelphia. Jackets uh, have lost nine in a row. My goodness, that is uh, tied for the franchise record. Blue Jackets back in action Wednesday night against the Chicago Blackhawks. College basketball. Bearcats remain undefeated on the season after knocking off NKU. 90 to 66. Bearcats are uh, back in action taking on Georgia Tech Wednesday night. Xavier took care of business against St. Mary's 66 49 in Las Vegas. Muskies will play on Black Friday, uh, hosting Bryant. Other college scores Dayton fell to number six, Houston 69 55. Ohio State improved to 3 1 with a 73 56 win over Western Michigan. That's check in on sports. We got more on the Sunrise Morning Show right after this. The family every day for nearly 23 years now hundreds of thousands of local catholics have grown in the knowledge and love of the lord jesus by listening to sacred heart catholic radio now that said it is the future of this radio ministry we must protect because there are well-funded forces pushing to silence our pro-life message but on wednesday december 6th our local catholic community will prove that we are an immovable force by raising sixty thousand dollars on the feast of saint nicholas the patron saint of children but of course, that 60000 is only a fraction of what we'll need to keep operating throughout 2024. So to ensure that we'll reach our goal right now, please invite everyone to, to listen to Sacred Heart Radio and go to sacredheartradio.com to download our app so that by December 6th, they'll be inspired to not only help us raise $60,000, but we'll pledge to donate every month next year to guarantee that our pro-life message will never stop broadcasting on Sacred Heart Radio and the Sacred Heart Radio app. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Dr. Robert Berger at Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Dr. Berger has been recognized by Cincinnati Magazine nearly every year over the past 20 years as one of the top physicians in orthopedic surgery, and he serves as team physician for Xavier University, Mount St. Joseph University, and LaSalle High School. Dr. Berger treats patients of all ages at the Beacon West office on Harrison Avenue and on the east side at Cincinnati Sports Club. For more information, 513-354-3700, online at beaconortho.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Rose Automotive, serving the Hamilton area with a wide selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Rose Automotive, celebrating over 30 years of automotive excellence. On Erie Highway in Hamilton, roseautomotivegroup.com. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Chris Frank, Chief Mission Officer for the National Eucharistic Congress. Chris, good morning. Good morning, Matt. So I wanted to talk about the day passes you guys are offering. I think this is probably going to be a relief, especially to uh, the people who live just a couple of hours or, or more, you know, our Sacred Heart Radio family who don't want to be yeah. invested in the entire thing of this and pay the full price for all of this stuff because it can be a big investment with hotels and if you're feeding a family of seven and so on and so forth. Uh, what's the opportunity that you guys have put back out there? Yeah, no, and and, and you're right. It's, it's all day passes. And over the past few you know, weeks and months, we, we heard a growing number of people saying this event sounds great, we want to go, but it's long or it's expensive. And it is long. It's five days. And 
things cost money these days, and it was it's hard to keep the price down. But we've been hustling behind the scenes, trying our best to come up with solutions and fundraising, so that we could do something to help people out. And so the solution we came up with was was the day pass option. And so we're still going to sell the the full pass option, the five day pass. But for those who just want to come and and see what this is about or be a part of it, because of the the schedule that they have or the the cost, we we can now kind of break it down to single day passes. And so, starting Wednesday, uh, passes will be forty nine dollars to come to that opening session. Um, Thursday, Friday, if I remember correctly, the passes are ninety five dollars. And then if you want to come for the weekend, our, our big day Saturday and then the closing mass on Sunday, um, that weekend pass is going to be $125. So it's much more affordable. You come in, you see the speakers you like, you'd be a part of this historical event, and, and hopefully it's a blessing for everybody who's involved. Well, and let's be honest. Uh, if you want a good Eucharistic Congress, you need to involve families. <laughs> and that's the people that's right. who usually, the second the prices go up or the second the commitment level goes up, that's usually who has to tap out, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And even with this shift, I, I think the the shift that I was most excited about in this new plan and this new offering for the church is that kids 12 and under are free. And so we want this to be family-friendly. We want families to come. And so, yeah, we're trying our best to make this um, an event that everyone can attend. Well, and I think that's so important because – you know, let's be honest. When it comes to something like this, that's this big of a deal that has this this much press behind it. I mean, we've we've committed to try and give as much, you know, highlighting to it as possible here on the Sunrise Morning Show because it's such an important thing. Because we know what it's like. We know that if a lot of our family members and loved ones understood the Eucharist, they would they would be at mass with us, <laughs> right? right? But we also understand right. that, like, you know, we we want to uh, we want to point to something that people can actually do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm with you. And I, I think this event, I, I was actually just in New York this past weekend doing a, a church event and there was, there was a buzz and there was people talking about this, this moment in the church. And even those who already kind of said, we can't, can't make it or whatever, they, they're excited for this, this event, for the Congress, for the revival, for all the things you were saying, like they, they want to see what God's going to do in the church. And they feel like this is a new springtime for us, a new opportunity. And so, I'm excited, and I really hope that people come and they participate. And more than that, uh, I really hope God has something special in store for us. Well, I can tell you that he always does, but I never know exactly how it's going to play out. That's (laughs) Um, that's right. That's right. Tell me about the Solidarity Fund. Yeah. So even with bringing the prices down with the day passes, um, we know that there's still going to be some people who just can't make the, the numbers work. And so, like I said, we've been hustling behind the scenes, and and the bishops specifically have really stepped up to make this to make this happen. But over the past year, we've been fundraising, and we've uh, we've fundraised seven hundred fifty thousand um, dollars, and that's going to go towards the solidarity fund. That's going to be scholarships for people to come and attend the event. And so, uh, three quarters of a million dollars is just going to be given to those people who want to come but can't afford it. Is that the so so? Here's what I'm really wondering because yeah, uh, I know that there are a lot of incredible people in my parish, and I know that there are a bunch of incredible people in all kinds of parishes who would be the kind yeah. of person that I would want there praying. But I don't want yeah. them to have to go through the walk of shame to go say, "Hey, I can't afford X amount of dollars. Yeah. 
Can you spot me? Is this the kind of thing that a pastor could reach out to you and say, hey, there's, there's this family that I want yep. to have them go? Can a pastor reach out on yep. somebody's behalf and spot somebody and ask you all? Yeah, yeah. So actually the way the system is going to work, and we're still putting together the final final pieces here, but it's going to go live in January in early 2024, and you'll be able to go to our website, and you'll be able to register and state your needs and why you're applying for the funds, and then from there it'll go to the committee, and funds will be allocated and delegated accordingly. And so so we, we think we have a good process, a fair process, but but we want this to be something that, that has no shame, that has no you know, negative connotations. Uh, God has given so much to us, and the church has given so much, even on the financial end here as we've gone and fundraised. And so we want to be able to give that freely. That's why we've raised this money. That's why this is uh, coming to fruition. So, um, yeah, for anyone who might be, like, on the fence and is feeling kind of sheepish about this, please don't. Um, we, we would really love you to come take advantage of uh, this opportunity. Well, all I can say is that... If you having seven kids makes it hard for you to go to a five-day conference, that's not shame. That's honor. <laughs> that's exactly. all I'm going to say. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so for our listeners and our, especially our pastors or DREs who want to maybe like look into this um, and figure out how to make it more available to families uh, who they think would be great for it, uh, how do they do so? Yeah. So you just go to our website, eucharisticcongress.org, and Again, the Solidarity Fund will have more information in January, but you can see the schedule. You can see information about the day passes and everything else we have lined up for the event itself, again, at our website, eucharisticcongress.org. Linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Chris Frank, thank you for your time. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. God bless. All right, 13 Till, Dr. Jim Schrader joins us next. Why do so many businesses choose to underwrite Sacred Heart Radio? It's because our radio signals reach over 600,000 Catholics locally who've told us they want to use the businesses they hear on Sacred Heart Radio. Listeners that are also in the perfect target consumer group, according to our latest survey. And this is the ideal time to get your business in front of our listeners with our special Christmas underwriting packages. To find out more, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com. I have been a school sister of Notre Dame for 72 years. Most senior Catholic sisters, brothers, and religious order priests serve for years with little pay. I always taught the primary grades, and I loved it. Today, hundreds of religious communities lack retirement funds. Your gift to the Retirement Fund for Religious helps provide medications and care. Please give to those who have given a lifetime. Thank you, and God bless you a hundredfold. Donate at your local parish. In the past decade, more people have chosen natural or green options when planning a funeral, and the Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society can help. Natural or green burials are actually quite traditional. It's how people were laid to rest for most of human history. Find out more about natural or green options for burial or cremation at the Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society, where they also offer zero financing for pre-planning. The Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society, 557-2306, extension 319, or at cccsohio.org. Looking for a special gift for a loved one this holiday season? Consider an offering of rest, prayer, and a time for reflection. Give the gift of a weekend retreat at the Jesuit Spiritual Center, a time to get away from the busyness of life and embrace God's love and mercy. Call now at 513-248-3500 for more information. That's 513-248-3500, 513-248-3500. 
3500. We know a lot of you love anything pumpkin-flavored, and others, well, not so much. But the Mystic Monks of Wyoming are taking care of both of you with their coffee. That's right. Their seasonal favorite pumpkin spice blend is available, along with other normal flavors. And when you purchase them after clicking the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com, you earn us a commission. While you're at our site, pick up a Sunrise Morning Show mug in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. Well, you can't say we don't try and be practical on the Sunrise Morning Show. We're going to talk about picky eaters at the Thanksgiving table with Dr. James Schrader. It's always great to catch up with him. He's got so much to say at james-schrader.com. And he is Vice President of Psychology and Wellness for Easter Seals Rehabilitation Center. Dr. Schrader, good morning. Yeah, good morning. So if you're not careful, and I think we all know, if we look around the family, maybe there's some people even guilty of this listening right now. Mm-hmm. It's all going to be mashed potatoes and rolls and gravy. So <laughs> what have been your no strategies kids. over the years uh, for helping kids be more open to trying foods, especially when you've got like some really great options at Thanksgiving. Yeah, I think one of the first things you have to do is make sure it doesn't turn into a huge control, you know, battle over the food itself. Um, I think this is often where we get in trouble, and you know, we want to reinforce good eating, we want to reinforce good boundaries, but we turn it into a big battle over you got to eat every single thing on your plate. And one of the first things I would just encourage parents to do is to make sure that whenever you put food on a child's plate, you you put less than more. So that's one of the first things is that when we put too large of a quantity, right away that's kind of intimidating sometimes to kids who are picky eaters and tends to kind of stem more of these battles. I would rather you put one green bean on the plate than four. And if one's consumed, that's great. Or if a half is consumed, that's great. Then trying to go for four, which may be really unrealistic. So go smaller, not bigger when it comes to quantity. The second thing to consider as, a, as an idea is pair, you know, desirable foods with undesirable foods. So when you know there's a couple of foods that your kids will eat, kind of make sure they're available on the plate, make sure that they're, they're there. And then the foods that are less desirable, again, in small quantities, kind of pair those with the more desirable foods. Because when kids see a plate full of things they don't like at all, again, it's likely to ensue some challenges. So those are the first couple things just to think about there um, when we introduce food. Well, I really like that idea of small portions and mixing it up a little bit. In some ways, I think it's also important, and Thanksgiving kind of gives this opportunity anew to say, like, your eating is an act of charity towards the people who prepared it. You don't feel that when you go to, like, McDonald's, right? (laughs) But you feel that sometimes when you're like, this is Aunt, you know, Sue's, you know, weird sweet potato thing. You don't have to say the weird. Sweet potato thing that she makes, you should try it and tell her, you know, how much you like it. Like, not because you're lying, but because you appreciate something that she did for the whole family. Like, there's, there's levels beyond just the nutritional aspects of this stuff. Totally. I think it's a great thought. There's actually two different levels that we thought about here. Is One is the idea, again, of it's gratitude for someone's effort. Like, hey, guys, you know, saying to your kids, like, I know it's not your favorite thing, but just consider, like, you know, your aunt or your grandma um, or your grandpa put a lot of effort into this, and at least, you know, we can try it, right? So that just says, hey, we, we appreciate your effort, and we're going forth. But here's the other thing. This is more of a divine perspective, and we talk about this with our kids. 
God gives us an amazing ability to refuel ourselves and to repair our body, and we could talk more about kind of the research behind this, and to prepare for good physical and mental health by doing something that actually is really appealing. Now, again, I know your kids may not like all the foods, but think about the idea that eating itself is generally an appealing act, and by doing something that's appealing, it's pleasurable, we can actually refuel and allow our bodies to be healthier in general. And so we talk about with our kids, like, you know, again, food is just pretty remarkable that we have all these options and all of this available to us. And in the end, it's something that we actually have to do anyway, right? And so, you know, when you kind of take more of a divine perspective, even with your young kids, and say, hey, the way you can give thanks to God is to just be open to some of these foods because these foods are great for your brain, and for your body, um, and I think that's another way to look at this, too. Well, you also have to model it, which I've also learned, <laughs> right? You have to uh, right. make right. your plate look like a really good buffet. And, you know, mix up the colors is always helpful, too. I have lots of good colors on the plate. But I wonder, Dr. Schrader, are there any foods that you used to not like growing up that you absolutely love now that uh, can provide maybe a storytelling mechanism for like when we're trying to tell a kid like, oh man, I used to not like those either, but now they're one of my favorite things. Yep, I definitely have a lot of those foods. Number one that comes to mind are different kinds of peppers. When I was growing up, I thought, oh gosh, green peppers, red, orange, I don't care what color they are, yellow, like I hate you know peppers in general, bell peppers, whatever. And um, so I really just kind of stayed away from them, and you'd have to cook them into something pretty good to get me to eat them, you know, willingly. Now I love them. Um, I love them on my salads. I love them on anything at all. And um, we talk about – we've actually said this to our kids before, like, who fortunately do like peppers for the most part, that, you know, it's something that, like, I was closed off to. But now that I realize, you know what, actually the taste is much better. And even if, even if I don't love the green pepper, it's probably my least favorite, I can see the value in it. And it goes back to this idea that those peppers are full of all sorts of vitamins and minerals that are great for our bodies and for our minds. And I think one of the other big tips I just really encourage all parents listening is make the, the idea of diet, like diet and nutrition interesting, right? So often we come down and it's like, oh, it's something you have to do. It's an obligation. It's but the good reality for is, you. Yeah. It's good for you. How many times have we heard that, right? But nobody really wants to be told it's good for you. But lots of people, if you stoke their curiosity, and I've seen this even in our very young kids, they start kind of being like, oh, interesting. Oh, like I didn't know that was the case. Like I didn't realize that those were available. And then once curiosity is stoked, guess what? Openness gets greater, and you're more likely to get some new foods in there. And we haven't even talked about how getting them on the food prep, even if that means that they cut one vegetable, right? They, right. They're, they're more likely to try the one bite of the thing that they helped with. <laughs> you know, yeah, they're food's... just like... Little things they, like that. That's right. They don't just come in packages and growing in the ground in packages already. they got to come from somewhere. So, you know, start the yeah. food prep to see that Even if you're going to be like, microwave these, this bowl of peas. They're like, those are the peas that I microwaved. Yes. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, Dr. Schrader, we've got James Dash Schrader linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Yeah, you too. Thanks. And again, find Dr. Schrader and find all of our guests linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. We're back again tomorrow. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. Where can you read why God replaced his created light with the light of the world? And find out how you can protect 
Pro-Life Radio. Where can you see the big man that delivered the Sunrise Morning Show on video? And learn how we plan to sweeten the deal when Sacred Heart Radio visits your parish. Plus, get our QR card, the updated program schedule, and more in Sacred Heart Radio's Christmas newsletter. To get it, go to sacredheartradio.com and click Newsletter Sign Up. Support is for MediShare. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can save. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors. Trusted and recommended by generations of families to sell their homes. Licensed in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. Hoting Realtors. 513-451-4800 and at Hoting.com. Proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, Cincinnati Right to Life ensures that God-given rights are guaranteed for all simply by being human, regardless of age or stage, ability or disability. More information at 1-800-712-HELP. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. We strive to provide the highest quality diamond and CBN products manufactured by privately owned companies, enabling us to provide prompt and personal service and you to avoid the unnecessary cost and frustrations of dealing with bureaucracies. Find us online at theabrasiveone.com. That's the number one. Theabrasiveone.com. Theabrasiveone.com. Why wait in endless lines at the pharmacy when Brozart Pharmacy, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can fill your prescriptions in a timely manner with high quality. Brozart Pharmacy, fast, friendly service without the wait. 513-941-0428. This is Father Michael Mary Dosh from St. Gertrude in Madeira. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more.